Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, did you? Well, perhaps you would like it if I read your mind? Oh, that sounds fun. Okay. You like Super Metroid, don't you? Yeah, duh. It's Super Metroid. That's an easy guess. That applies to everybody. Well, well, then let's look deeper into your soul. I see you also subscribe to the Video Games Hot Dog Podcast. Hmm. Yeah, I do, but... Wait, wait a minute. Did you just look up the listeners also subscribe thing in iTunes? No, no, no. Psychomantis would never do that. Now, I'm getting a message from a relative of yours. Something to do with... The letter S. Uh... Sarah, perhaps? No, no, I don't know any Sarahs. Uh, my sister's name is Megan. Yes, yes, Megan. I also sense a heart problem in an older man in your family. And perhaps a racist grandparent. Uh, yeah, you know, you know what, this is bullshit. I mean, have you ever heard of cold reading? That would apply to anybody. No, 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 of course not. I know of no such thing. Now, now, uh, to another listener, quickly, quickly, a totally random one, you, you in the back, yes, floating, the one in the gas mask, tell me your name. Some call me Maniac Lemur. Wait, wait, wait a minute, this is a total fucking sham, that guy is obviously related to you, you are not psychic at all. Such accusations, those blessed with my gifts are cursed to suffer the slings and arrows of the teeming, doubting, breathing masses. You deal only in misery and suffering. Whatever, dude. Do you have any other staggering insights? You should watch out for fireballs. Yeah, right. I'm going to be real sure to watch out.
My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. This is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking about Metal Gear Solid, which is a stealth action game developed and published by Konami for the PlayStation 1 in 1998. Right, right. This is directed by Hideo Kojima and is one of the few non-adventure games to have a real kind of auteur behind it, a really strong authorial voice. And oh boy, are his fingerprints all over it. Yeah, <laughs> in literally every way, down to you know this, the, the Hideo just showing up, his first name just showing up in big block letters, stopping everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you play a solid snake, a legendary war hero who was forced out of retirement by the U.S. government in order to stop a nuclear terrorist plot uh, led by his former unit, Foxhound. Uh, the game is stealth-based, so avoiding enemies is preferable, but Snake has access to a huge arsenal of deadly weapons for combat against the game's many weird bosses. Right, and and, and because it being that's not the first game in the series, um, so there, you know, there's an NES and an MSX, uh, Metal, Gear Solid, Metal Gear 1 and 2, uh, it's difficult to say that the game did a whole lot of things first. Um, you know, they're kind of proto-versions of all of its mechanics in earlier games. The biggest accomplishment, and what it's kind of most remembered for, is it has this very cinematic presentation and this excellent voice acting. Um, even then, this entry is a lot more restrained than the games that followed it, so Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 and, and 4. Uh, but this is kind of like a test bed for all of the bizarre fourth-wall-breaking mindfuckery that will come later. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's still plenty of it. Like when we say it, when we say it's reserved, it's by no means reserved. Exactly. So, <laughs> in in, re- in relative terms, like yes. it's it's difficult to go back to this entry in the series and recognize that this is where it began. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yes. So, um, as Gary said, it's the sequel to uh, the Metal Gear games for the MSX computers. Uh, to a lesser extent, the NES game. It's kind of a Maniac Mansion. Um, situation where the NES version is much diminished. Um, but also where I'm sure most people came to it. Yes, true. Uh, very much a Maniac Mansion situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, games have many sequels, uh, most of which has been have been pretty successful uh, commercially, if not um, critically. Uh, the game was remade in 2003 for GameCube as Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes, um, and that one got mixed uh, reception as well. We can probably go into that a little bit later. Um, yeah, we, I, I definitely played that. Yeah, so we, we, we can talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get the original version of this on the PlayStation Network store if you'd like to play along. Um, that's how I played through this time. I played through on my PSP Go, which presented some challenges, but also had some kind of extra accommodating uh, friendliness, which I, I appreciate. I would really like to hear about that when we get to those points, about how yeah. that is um, adapted. Um, they, they, the, the short answer is they do an excellent job with the mind fuckery. Mm-hmm. Um, mechanically, it suffers a lot from not having uh, an R2 and an L2 button. Yep. So, it, and I kind of ended up finding a workaround for it that was really kind of strange and, and worked out well. Cool. I'm very, I'm very curi- curious about that. Mildly dim- diminished experience, but still mm-hmm. uh, well worth it. Sweet. Um, so, why don't you talk to us a little bit about uh, about the plot, as it were? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the plot, the, the like, pretty much the thing that makes this game what it is. Yeah, this game has a lot of plot. <laughs> like you, you'll find out, like by, by like how it, long it, this section is. Yeah, by inverse to to Tomba. <laughs> like you know, like when like Tomba, like oh, okay, you, you go get a necklace. 
bracelet, whatever the fuck. Like this, this game is is the the yin to that game's yang yeah. as far as plot goes. <laughs> uh, just clashing eternally in space, on and on as they spiral <laughs> down this double helix of recessive and dominant DNA. Um, no, okay. So Foxhound, uh, which is being led by a man calling himself Liquid Snake, has used an army of genetically enhanced soldiers to take over a base owned by a weapons manufacturer on an island in Alaska. Uh, they claim that if they don't receive the remains of the super soldier Big Boss within 24 hours, they will fire a nuclear weapon at Washington, D.C. Right. And, and, and so Solid Snake um, is kidnapped by the government. He's given no option but to infiltrate the base and stop his former colleagues from, uh, from you know, instigating the launch. Um, you're giving no weapons and you arrive on the island uh, with only your sneaking suit, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, a suit, a, 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 you know, a, a tactical gear kind of looking thing. Uh, a body full of nanomachines and your cigarettes. Exactly. Now, for the first part of the game, you know, you have two missions. You have two objectives, which are to hunt down the DARPA chief and uh, Kenneth Baker, the president of ArmsTech, the company that owns the base, in order to get information about whether or not the terrorists actually have uh, nuclear capabilities. Um, so he finds them, you know, they're all captured and everything. They're in, they're in a bad way, but shortly after he gets their information, um, they die of what appears to be a heart attack, heart attack. Um, eventually they lead him to, um, the labs of the base where he learns from his buddy, Hal Otacon Emmerich, uh, that the nuclear weapon is in fact Metal Gear Rex. So Mm -hmm. Snake's mission then turns to attempting to deactivate Metal Gear, but actually, you know, activating it. So he has to destroy it, kill Liquid, and escape the island. Yeah, there are, like, there are so many plot twists in, in this. So, you know, describing the plot in a linear fashion like this, you know, your goals change and your, your assumptions <laughs> and, and knowledge changes so many times that it kind of, you know, you're oftentimes, you know, kind of doing the exact opposite of what you were doing before. Um, in addition to all this sprinkled on top, uh, you're being stalked by the Cyborg Ninja. That's right. Uh, <laughs> cyborg Ninja, who is once your old war buddy. Um, you're trying to rescue the colonel's niece, um, actually her daughter. There's a one-handed Russian double agent, torture fetishist who's pulling all the strings. There's a psychic. Um, and the mastermind behind the plot, Liquid Snake, is actually your clone brother. Um, <laughs> those nanomachines are actually a virus programmed to kill Snake and everyone he has contact with. Like, so, so many plots. Yeah. So many plots. <laughs> um, it, it is, you know, any one of these is a good enough idea for, for a game. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and Hideo Kojima decided to just dump them all into like a, a bee's nest and shake it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, like, unlike Tomba, where it's just a bunch of mechanics and stuff just kind of thrown on the ground, like, this kind of works. All yep. of it kind of like, it's like a weird house of cards where everything is leaning at this non Euclidean insane angle enough to just construct, <laughs> construct like a, a tower that somehow is stronger than any of the individual bits. It's the haunting of Hill House. There's no such thing as a 90 degree angle. And yeah. every, like, you know, all these plots are loaded up onto a car carrier. It's set on fire and then it's launched at the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Shatter, shatters your brain. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah. So, so we're kind of we're going to kind of go through the different areas and talk about uh, mechanics um, as plot stuff comes up. We're going to talk about it, but I think that you know there probably have been a lot of text kind of spent, you know, kind of an, analyzing the plot and looking at the themes, and we're going to spend a little bit of time doing that. But it almost feels like this game was deliberately designed to discourage that or to punish <laughs> you for doing that, exactly, um, just because there's so much of it, and. I don't necessarily buy that all of the plot stuff is, is this overarching work of like genius. You know, I think that it's, I don't, I think that this game winks 
kind of continuously at us. Yeah. So I I, th- I think that it's definitely a way to troll, but I also think it kind of has a little bit of the George Lucas factor to it in that um, nobody wanted to edit him. Yeah. Yeah. That you definitely get a little bit of that. Yeah. And you know, that, that, that that's, that's much more of a problem later on. Um, you know, in the, in, in the series, especially when you get to like Metal Gear Solid four, um, I have not played Peace Walker. I'm going to remedy that. Uh, but yeah, you know, nobody wanted to say no. And I think that it benefited as a product because of that, because if it wasn't for these weird, uh, kind of rough textures to it and, you know, just like the quite, quite honestly, fruit loopiness of it, um, it would not have endeared itself, uh, so, so greatly with a lot of people. So yeah, like a, a lot of the play mechanic stuff has not aged well at all. Um, and it's, you know, it's somewhat neat for, for when it came out, but there were contemporaries that were doing you know similar things and some of the, some of the stealth stuff. Um, yeah. a little bit better um, but just kind of the the bonkersness I would say mm-hmm. that that lack of an editor even makes us suffer a little bit but I would agree that that makes us suffer the least right out of, out of the series and I'm so just as, as disclosure so I I don't know the series quite as well as Cole I played um, one two three uh, twin snakes um, ghost babble for Game Boy Color and uh, and that's it and this this is probably the this is the second time I played Metal Gear Solid so I haven't gone back to the well a bunch of times or anything if so if we don't play Ghost Babble at some point for this show I'm going to be very upset like maybe two years <laughs> from now but no I, I'm I'm into it I love Ghost Babble yeah like that that's an amazing piece of hard like software yeah like the, like that replicates an experience you know so well on on a piece of hardware which you would not think they'd be capable of I love Ghost Babble yeah. Um, that needs to be on the 3ds virtual console like right <laughs> like, away like yesterday yeah, yeah. right so, away i'm kind of surprised it hasn't either because it seems like it'd just be like a way to print money like it's a really well-remembered sequel to a really popular franchise yeah you know so i don't know nintendo doesn't really have their house in order as far as putting old games excuse me games out they don't have mario in them um yeah that is true yeah well you know where we stand now on on the on the series and everything and what gary said about the mechanics not aging really well that's going to be a theme that carries you know throughout uh but it's definitely the most prominent i think in the docks which is where you start the game after snake is launched as a torpedo out of a submarine (laughs) yeah during this really kind of elegant uh uh cinematic opening where you're swimming and and kind of getting your narration over you which like never really happens again right like this kind of this kind of uh relaxed paced kind of studied exposition mm-hmm. um you know never happens in re- yeah. in reality the, the 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 story of the game the plot begins with the mission briefings um and the yeah menu. did you what did you watch those um, I, I have before. I didn't this time. Okay. Yeah, I, I watched them again because I wanted to immerse myself in it. They're kind of like a really limited, uh, like motion comic kind of thing. Um, hmm. Like super limited. I hesitate to even call it a motion comic, but that's the closest thing that I have to it. Um, and that gives you, you know, everything that you need to know. That information is present throughout the first third of the game, but uh, you know, it's nice flavor text. Yeah. But uh, you know, I remember when I first got this, uh, you know, on my birthday. In 1998, so I would have been 11. Um, it was right after the game came out. Um, this dock area, I mean, it's a great tutorial and it's a great, like, sink or swim eh, way to get you to learn that stealth is important. But I can imagine mm-hmm. this is where a lot of people dropped off because you cannot proceed up the elevator if you are in alert or caution mode. So unless you learn to observe the enemy's movements, or you kill everybody by snapping their neck. Which is most, difficult. 
Like, uh, and that that's another, you know, subversion of, of general play mechanics. You're not going to, you know, just walk up to them and punch them and kill them like you would in, in an action game. Yeah. Like, you can punch them and knock them out. And it's incredibly satisfying to get behind somebody to do the, yeah. Yeah. Do the, do the yeah. death machine gun. Um, <laughs> love that. You can actually um, knock them out for longer if you don't snap their neck. I mean, they'll, if they die, they die. Um, but uh, but you can you can cuff them a couple of times and then the, and then they'll stay down for longer, oh, um, which 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 is nice. So you don't actually have to do that, and it's a way to take them out without having uh, alerting anybody around them. Right, or or if you're trying to play this in what some kind of weird challenge mode, yeah, you know where you're, you're which, not trying to kill people. Which I did. Um, we'll we'll find out later that that was un, unsuccessful. But uh, <laughs> don't um, spoil. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, one of the things, you talk about this area being really unforgiving, but it does have this kind of instant escape hatch. Yes, and that you can always jump back into the water, and that's the only uh, kind of area in the game. Not quite that. I'll take that back. Not quite the only, but one of the few areas in the game where you have a really easy way to hide when you're caught. Yeah, like one of the things that struck me about this game and how it operates as a stealth game. So since the game is from an overhead perspective, um, Snake could theoretically see tons that you are not being able to see. Yeah. You know, you don't have a wide view of the area. Um, You kind of do through your radar, but once you're caught, that goes away. And Mm -hmm. there are several times when the radar doesn't work. So it's really, you know, you're really zoomed in for a stealth game. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure they spent a long time determining exactly where the camera needed to be mm-hmm. to make this hard. It makes it it's it's not realistic no. by any means, but it adds a lot of challenge to it. Um, one of the you know pro tip for this game and something I didn't do when I was younger, um, but you need to be using the first per- person button all the time. Yeah, like constantly need to be looking because otherwise you can't. You know, you're not going to be able to see. You could easily walk into somebody's range of view, which would never happen in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd never just walk into somebody. Right. You 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 would never be standing directly in somebody in front of somebody on a clear day, you know, and have right, them right. And not, not see you. But in this case, that's the that's that that's the case. That was one of the complaints that was leveled against the twin snakes. Actually, um, I don't know if yeah. I agree with it because I think that it actually made it a little bit better of a game, or at least less frustrating in that regard. Um, but uh, the fact that first person mode was so integrated into it, um, right? And you can it, shoot in first person mode. Yes. Which was uh, the, the big thing? Yeah, but in this in this game, like first person mode is real snappy. Like there's there, there's like no um, finesse to the way you control it. So if 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 you're trying to move the controller while you're in first person mode, you're going to be in for a world of hurt because it'll be really really disorienting. But you know because Twin Snakes used the Metal Gear Solid Two engine, it had that kind of like fine tuned. Okay, you're going to be in like you know a first person precise control kind of you know kind of right. way. Yeah, I, I agree. I like that better too. I the the all the things I hate about Twin Snakes have to do with like weird anime backflips. Yes, and stuff, you know. <laughs> which are not or they're not absent in this. Coming back, no, this, no, yeah, uh, it, it still it still happens here. There's one hilarious moment at the end that, that I want to bring <laughs> yeah. up about about that. Um, so if you, if you manage to get through, so we talked about the radar. That's really instrumental to this game. Is that yeah. you have a soliton radar on the upper upper right of your screen, which tells you where guards are and also where their uh, cone of vision is and they talk they spend a lot of time talking about how the gene these are the genome soldiers and how they're you know advanced soldiers and they have super senses and everything and that's bullshit like they can't <laughs> they can't hear anything like if you're one or two tumba widths away from somebody they cannot hear you like 
Oh, you faded out there. No, I'm just laughing. I'm not fading oh. out. I'm just oh. laughing at the, the fact that Tombow Withs is going to be happening now. <laughs> the, the, the Watcher of the Fireballs unit of measurement of yep. Tombow Withs and Tombow Heights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's a 3D game, so Tomba Deaths are in play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> plumbing the Tomba Deaths. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're exactly right. And you're encouraged to play the game solely looking at the Soliton radar because of how useful it is. Yeah, yeah. So when they, when they, and they, that's kind of a neat touch because when they take it away from you, you're forced to really, like, there's a real sense of anxiety and kind of danger there. Um, you know, because it's, it's such a reliable tool in your set. And later stealth games give you a lot more of that, like, that you see through walls and stuff like that. And I like, I like stealth games a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I, I talked about Dishonored. I just recently replayed Alpha Protocol. Like, I like that genre a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting to be quite so disempowered in, in regards to stealth in this game. The other thing I noticed in this first area is unlike, um, like, later stealth games, it's not really fun when you get caught. Oh, no. Like, it's not fun to get out. It's not fun to try to, to you know, think your way out of that as a nasty situation. It's awful. And then and, and it's so hard to find a place you can hide long enough because you don't have that radar. You don't know when someone's coming for you to, to come check on your hidey hole. Um, if, you're, if you're forced to, to fight, you know, you got to help you because it's not like the, the combat in this game in general is very good. Like it's hard to aim. Yeah. I found with almost every weapon. Most of the time you're, you're, you're spraying and praying with the famous if you are yeah. doing any kind of um, combat at all. Uh, because otherwise you're stuck with um, either the SOCOM pistol, which is just kind of like, okay, hope it locks on and, you know, you know, yeah, just pray. Or you're using one of the novelty weapons, which goes from first person, like the Stinger or the PSG-1, or especially, the, you know, the, the the Nikita, which is a lot of fun to have fun with. Um, yeah, and um, very very useful in um, specific boss fights and situations, Yeah, but not in this kind of panic event. No, no. You know, yeah. And 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 that's definitely you know an innovation or a development in the stealth genre um, that happened you know relatively recently you know where it's kind of like okay this isn't an, an instant fail or and we're also going to give you the tools to make it so you can get out of this situation just fine right. I mean like I would say you know the game that did that the best first was like Splinter Cell Chaos Theory mm. in like two thousand four. You know, where it wasn't like you were instantly boned if you got seen. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's important. Um, even even back here, though, even back this this long ago, um, a contemporary of this game is uh, Tenchu, uh, a stealth game. Yeah, and that was, that was more fun when you got caught. Like, you always had this grappling hook, which is incredibly empowering. And uh, you could, you know, easily make your escape, you know. <laughs> um, so it was, it was a very intentional design decision that, you know, really ups that consequence for not being caught. Like they really do a good job of indirectly letting you know, like you need to not get caught in yeah. this game and do your absolute best because the game gets not fun. If you get caught, Yeah, which is a weird <laughs> penalty. I, I don't agree with that as a design decision ever make, you know, not being fun a penalty, but it is, it does get really intense. Like there is a sense of tension when you get caught sometimes like the music kicks up, yeah. you know, your, your radar that you've been staring at just, you know, turned to the fuzz you know, I like it as an idea, but it does uh, it does kind of enforce one way to play in yeah. that regard. Um, I, have, I have two things to say. First, I would like to put forward a uh, um, the WAF grappling hook postulate or theorem, which is the, <laughs> the, the, the grappling hook is either a way to make a game amazing or to instantly break it. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's well, also it, known as the Tumba Claws. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there, there, there's there, there's not a mechanic that I love more in the world when it's done right. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just I want uh, Metal Gear with uh, with, with the grappling hook. Get, you know, get on it, um, indie modders. Yeah. Um, second off, you know, you say something about the music in this game, even though it, this is this is deathly close to the you know to the Hans Zimmer uh, Hans Zimmer singularity. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. It's so. Oh good. yeah. Like the. I think like the, the music theme. in this game is really good too. Yeah. Yeah, the themes and the light motifs and everything, so fucking good. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with you. I mean, it's not it's not quite Hans Zimmer sing- singularity there, and it's not really like earwormy. It just it does a really good job with mood. Yeah. Um. You know, and better than a lot of games. Um. Yeah. So that was the first area. <laughs> we talked about a lot of general. Like, that's that, that's, that's, that's true. when you're being introduced to it too. Is is this kind of like how you're going to move around the game? Definitely, definitely. So. Um, yeah. So you go up the uh, you go up the elevator to the uh, to the heliport, uh, which is kind of the first real non tutorial area of the game. There's a little bit more leeway for failure because you can proceed if you're if you're seen. You know, mm-hmm. so this is where you can get sloppy if you would like to, or if you have no other option to because of your abilities. Um, you know, we're not ableist here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's what's really cool is, you know, there there are very few like areas in this game. Like there aren't a lot of levels, right? Yeah. But you know, the 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 best of them, and I would I would include the heliport in like one of the high points of the game, you know, they're they're large playgrounds for you to kind of explore. And mm-hmm. there, are, there are different ways to, you know, to, to tackle them, to take them down, and, and it introduces just a little touch of nonlinearity to what is otherwise a, a, a startlingly linear experience. Yeah, it also looks amazing. Yes, like I remember, like this being our huge, like kind of set piece kind of thing. You know, it's snowing. Um, you know, the setting really kind of gets hammered home yeah. here, and I just remember that really impressing me um, <laughs> when I first got this. Um, you're also introduced to some of your tools of the trade. So this is where you, excuse me, um, you can pick up your gun. And again, you know, it's not, uh, you know, you're not Rambo, like you're not using it as a death machine. Um, I very rarely end up using the SOCOM, you know, to like take out lone guards. Like it would work that way, but it's, it, you know, I didn't, I didn't often do that. Um, because, you know, there would be, if there was another guard nearby or anything like that, like it was too, too risky to alert them. Um, but you also get your chaff grenades here, which is probably secret MVP of the game. Yeah. As far as far as items, like as an amazingly useful item, and what it does is it scrambles your radar, but it also disables cameras, uh, missile guidance systems, cyborg ninjas, uh, <laughs> pretty pretty much anything that runs on a battery. Yeah. Gets fucked up by chaff grenades. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, the, the 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 chaff grenades. I mean, up to the final non cinematic boss. Um, definitely, de- def- definitely essential. The, Essential, like you can't yeah. you can't function without them, honestly, uh, to a certain degree. I mean, there are some areas where it's impossible to pass without a without a chaff grenade or two. Yeah, especially several. later on in the game. Yeah. So yeah, um, big ups to the to the to the to the to the uh, chaff grenades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, there, there's lots of stuff to do. I remember making a game of playing chicken with the searchlights uh, to go out and grab the uh, whatever was in the middle there. I forget what it was. Maybe it was a ration. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't exactly recall. What looks there either? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fun. And there's a you know one of the neat things is you learn that guards will follow your footsteps if they find your tracks in the yes. snow. So my traditional way of getting through this level is to go get my items on the left and then take the upper right and go in the second floor vent. Um, and there's a there's a guard patrolling around a couple of uh, sheds yeah. up there. And when he first noticed my tracks, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
It's yeah. such a wonderful little detail. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Even though he sounds like a big dumb idiot. Like, genome soldiers are so dumb. <laughs> like, you, 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 huh? you know, and then later, later when you get a box, like, it's just a box. Um, like, that is just a box uh, sample is so fucking sounds, stupid sounding. Sounds, it's just a box. Sounds like Arthur Geese. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I like, I like Arthur. However, um, <laughs> no, and, and it's funny because they, they they build them up, but they also they also imply that like they are psychically fueled by Psychomantis too. Yeah, like they're he, being mind controlled. Yeah, he's pulling like uh, what what was his name, Kaiser Soze from uh, from Psyops. Oh yeah, he's doing yeah, like yeah. the meat puppet kind of thing, yeah, or, or yeah. at the very least, giving them a morale boost. You know, yeah. so interesting there, and that that all. We'll learn about Psychomantis later. <laughs> yes, we will we? Will. If, you, um, if you if you don't already know about him, yes, um. yes, because we we got a lot of, a lot of things to say about that. <laughs> um, so you make your way into the building, you crawl in, and you're kind of these first person tunnels section. Um, you know where there are rats down there. Uh, you uh, you're the master uh, <laughs> calls you uh, McDonald Miller. Who's got a, a really hilarious voice? Snake. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm McDonald Miller. Like it's more like there's a little bit more like that like uh, in, in his it's, voice. It's, it's like it's like a it's like a Connecticut it's like uh, no I like it's a well, liquid snake he, is Wesker. Oh well, yeah, it's it's he's kind he's kind of Weskery, but without the without the Britishism, he sounds like he sounds he sounds like he's from Connecticut or like snake. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like it's <laughs> That's just, terrible. Just like, no, he doesn't. It's <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just. <laughs> like master i'm not saying i did it right but no i just like but 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 he, he sounds like he's got like this uh like this uh ivy league kind of uh pretension to his voice yeah like a yeah. little like a, a little, little bit of an underbite little new england uh aristocrat yeah uh but uh but it's it's very obviously liquid um <laughs> Oh yeah. 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 Um, the first clue being that it looks just like him. Like, <laughs> and, also, and also yeah. sounds like him trying to sounds suppress like his him. British accent. Yes. Um, that's my favorite yeah, I, twist in the game. Yeah. It, <laughs> um, is, I have a favorite twist too, but I'll talk about it when we, when we get there. Um, it's a non ironic twist. That might be my favorite ironic twist of the game mm -hmm. is that he's just kind of eavesdropping on everybody. I'm kind of we we're talking about so when you talk about him calling you, you have this Kodak thing, which is your uh, your your radio signal, and you're introduced to this cast of like a support team, yeah, which acts as kind of a real time in game tutorial as well, or like hint system. Mm -hmm. Like anytime you get stuck, you can call on this this cadre of people to tell you what to do next and give you hints, which I really like. Oh, it's so good! Like you know, yeah. whenever I'm playing through it, not on a time constraint, I always like. I'm just sitting in a corner, like you know, like laying laying on a bed with my legs crossed, you know, up in the air. Just like, hey, what's up? Twirling the cable around my my index finger, you know. Hey, master. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, girl, what you up to? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it turns it into uh, turns it into a visual novel, you know. I mean, it's yeah. it's a lot of text. It's a lot of really good voice acting. Yeah, the voice acting is really good. Even though I will say that um, one of the things that makes this game so memorable in tone is that uh, everything is played straight <laughs> no matter what everyone is deadly serious about everything regardless of the ridiculous dialogue that is spilling out of their mouths yep and and it makes it like hilarious and weird like everything is just a little bit off because people are just saying nonsense um 
you know, and no one questions anything. One of my favorite things, I was going to bring it up uh, a little bit later, but like one of the interesting things about the Metal Gear Solid franchise is like there's no effort to make anything sound cool. Like nothing sounds cool. Is that where the existing technology thing comes from? Totally. It sounds so awkward and dumb. Like there's like a little bit later. So after you go through the docks, you, you eventually, um, you're able to get to, uh, Donald Anderson, the arms tech president. And he, everyone starts to bring in this phrase. They keep saying currently existing technology. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like things being made of currently existing technology, um, you know, being used for it. Uh, the characters names, like they're talking about like decoy octopus and, and a revolver ocelot. Do you know what an ocelot is? It's like this little cute snowcat yeah. thing. But, he, but revolver modifies ocelot. Like it is a revolver <laughs> ocelot. And nobody nobody blinks at like so many things that all sound so stupid. Yeah. You know? Like even down to like liquid snake. Like it just it just sounds dumb. You know? And I really like that. Like it sounds like I'm making fun of it. And I kind of am. Because it is ridiculous. Yeah. But the fact that they play everything without a straight – with this total straight face when, with, the, with the characters – um, gives it this weird, like, just surrealist tone to me. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's I mean, it's, it's James Bond. You know, like you, you know, nothing is treated as like weird in the James Bond series, right? Yeah. Like, okay, here's this dude with metal teeth, or here's this you know tiny little guy who throws a he throws a razor sharp hat. But right. it'd be like it'd be like if if every character was like that, like because every Bond <laughs> the Bond characters like those are bodyguards. Like the the goofy yeah. character is always like some just like there's one guy who's like this weird theme villain. Christopher you know? Christopher Lee has a has a third nipple. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so I see you come for me again, Tarnip. <laughs> um, I fucking love Moonraker. <laughs> no, God, fucking Moonraker. No, that's a uh, man with a golden gun. Fuck. Yeah, you so. just, you just said you love Moonraker. <laughs> Sound clips going all over the internet now. Um, <laughs> delete, delete. No, no. Fucking but but it's just like there's so so many characters that are are these weird, just like uh, Bond villains. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 really really it's really really strange. And I, mm-hmm. I don't remember that part of it hitting me when I was younger. Like when I was young, I legitimately thought, yeah, you know, revolver ocelot. That's cool. And I knew what an ocelot was. Mm-hmm. Like I just I don't you know I don't know what it was. Like it just made sense to me. As a kid, like they sound like cool nicknames and maybe I'm just like, I'm jaded now or I'm just appreciating things on this ultra ironic level where like, I like it now because I think it's ridiculous. I, I mean, they're, 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 code names, but like just the, the, they aren't treated as such. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, they are, they are, they are code names, but they don't sound badass at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they all sound ridiculous. Yeah, and then like, there's and that's the codenames, but then there's also the currently existing technology, or like whenever they use a uh, uh, acronym yeah. for something, they always just say it out, you know. Like, um, and then later, you you know, you run to Vulcan Raven, and he talks about the muckluck eating contest and stuff. <laughs> like everyone, it's not just codenames; it's everything is really fucking silly. Yeah, in this game. No, I'm I am not arguing. I'm not being competitive. I just. Uh... I love no, it. No, <laughs> no, I, I didn't think you were. I was just, you know, saying that it, it's not just, you know, if they were just codenames, it would make sense because codenames can be something. But they refer to real life things mm-hmm. as goof troop as shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But the, the, those codec things, they, they uh, it definitely turns it into something I really like. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then later, there's tons of, there's like a bunch of YouTubes of just like Easter egg, codec Easter eggs for all the mm-hmm. whole series I recommend watching because they're really fun. Yeah. Uh, that, that that was one of the things. Well, again, 
problems with the twin snakes because they had to re-record all of the uh, all of the dialogue. Yeah. A because you know they had to change all the button prompts, but B like if they upsampled the audio anymore, you would have heard traffic passing by because yeah. they recorded <laughs> it in an apartment. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, but like when they, when they, when they went back in, they made a bunch of like weird decisions. So they had, um, they had, um, what's her, what's, what's her name? Not, not Nastasha, Naomi, Naomi, but with like, like a, like less of a British accent. Um, and they completely got rid of Mei Ling's accent. Yeah. Yeah. Which Mei Ling's a a charming, like, uh, you know, uh, little kind of geisha girl accent. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that was secretly racist. I said that not secretly. Little, I know that was racist, but like, she's definitely, fine. she's, I mean, she's very like, you know, Paul snake, you know, like they, that's how she talks. Yeah. In the game. It's a little bit of a, a stereotype. She gives you, she's the one who saves your game and she gives you ridiculous bits of Chinese wisdom. Yeah. Um, every time you do starting, st- starting the, uh, the, the game wide or the series wide tradition of the person who saves your game also like gives you trivia as you do yeah. it. So yeah. like in three, it was monster movie facts, which amazingly love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's, it's a nice touch because mm-hmm. like, you're going to be saving your game. You might as well throw yourself some, throw a little bone, you know, when you do that, take this purely mechanical thing and add a little bit of fun to it. One four zero point four eight. Yeah. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so when you, this is when you, you run into that Donald Anderson, the first of your big, your big goals, the, the arms tech president or the, uh, the DARPA, DARPA chief. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he talks to you a little bit, you know, apparently, uh, but there's a little bit, something not right. Like this ends up being a, a big twist in the game, but he, he starts asking you if you know ways to disable metal gear yeah. and really why, why would you, you know, <laughs> um, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it is, it is a long cut scene. Like one of the things on the PSP is it goes to sleep at a while. And I had to constantly be mindful of like tapping a button during every cutscene So the PSP wouldn't go to sleep. Oh, wow. It's because they're long. But I, and then he has a heart attack, which I really liked. Like something's not quite right about it. It seems like, I mean, even if it was a, a straight up heart attack, which it's not, um, that would be an hu- amazing coincidence. You know? <laughs> the, the, the timing of it, the fact yeah. that it's right after you rescue him or yeah. are about to, like, well, not right after, right before you're about to rescue him, you know, mm-hmm. you figure he'd just be relieved. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, at this point, it's just a fluke. It's not a repeated pattern that's like, hmm, maybe I should ask some questions. Yep. Um, fun fact about uh, about uh, the DARPA chief, um, although you're not really talking to the DARPA chief right now. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Three, Sigint, mm-hmm. Donald. Oh Anderson. yeah, yeah, yep, yep. He's he's the DARPA, the real DARPA chief. It's the only time you actually interact with the with, with the OG with the DARPA chief. <laughs> the OG DARPA chief. That's a little bit ping pong. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> the er DARPA chief. Um, so this, so. Is, this is also where you, where you meet uh, you meet Meryl, who's the other kind of main character, or one of two kind of main characters you you adventure with in the game. Yeah. And uh, is it? Do you immediately learn that she's uh, the Colonel's niece? Um, he mentions it in the mission briefing, saying, "Hey, yeah. my niece is, you know, she's gone. You know, they're captured. So go, so go get her." Um, and the fact that she's the, first, you know, the only woman you interact with who isn't trying to shoot your head off. Right. Um, you also perv out. Like the first time you see her, you're like watching her do sit-ups in her underwear. Yeah, you you perv out about her a lot. And again, that straight face. Like later when you're like, "You've got a great butt." 
And like <laughs> just uh, you know, delivering every single line with that same cadence, like just eventually stacks up to being hilarious. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. like it, it it puts it puts Snake somewhere on the spectrum because he doesn't know how to interact with humans. Yeah, he doesn't. He 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 purely observes. He does not understand the emotional relevance behind anything. Yeah. I um, mean, the the importance of like you know what it means to compliment somebody's rear end <laughs> yeah exactly as, as a man who's complimented a rear end or two like yeah it's you know a little more attacked <laughs> well but there's, but there's also this weird like james bond kind of thing with her too because they say she's undergone psychotherapy to not be attracted to men yeah which is like which, which is uh, so again when we're talking about just kind of like a bunch of plots piled on to one another <laughs> that like that does that's totally should have been edited out because later she is totally attracted to it yeah like, like, in what world would that be? You know, is that I think I was thinking about that, too. And I think the reason why they did that was to make the shock of when Psychomantis controls her into turn puts her into a boner trance <laughs> to make that have more weight. Yeah. Like to make you think that she wouldn't to make it seem more unnatural. If it wasn't all the camera ma- wavering and sound effects didn't make it seem unnatural. <laughs> but that should totally shouldn't have been there because it's contradicted directly later on. You mm-hmm. know, Ugh. Yeah, um, it left a weird, like, bad, like, sexist taste in my mouth. It's like, oh, so you're acknowledging that the sole purpose of every female character is to be a love interest for the male character. Right. Uh, yeah. Not to go, like, all English 101 on that. or you know, Right. right. I mean, you could probably do, like, a reading of gender politics in the Metal Gear series, <laughs> yeah. and it probably would come up wanting. Exactly. Like, I'm not prepared to do it, but I bet you it's not above board. Um, yeah. After you run into her, you run into uh, the first kind of, like, mini micro boss in the game. Um, which is this unending, I mean, it ends, but this a series of waves of guards. <laughs> that's okay. where the game ends. You fight guards forever. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually you die of starvation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the end of uh, Crisis Core. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's okay. Um, no, you, you limit, a bunch of guards pile out of an elevator. And uh, and you're kind of teaching Meryl, you know, to be a soldier and to shoot them. I like uh, that. Yeah, but <laughs> just, uh, it is hard because it re- relies on the shoot mechanic. Yep. So um, for 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 your edification, you're not tapping the button; you're holding it, waiting until the laser tones on somebody, and then tapping it multiple times. Right. That's how you auto aim. Is you have yeah. to hold it out, and uh, because the buttons aren't pressure sensitive, you can't lower your gun without firing a bullet. So. You you can you hit click the shoulder button. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. I suppose, yeah. and that that takes care of that. But yeah, this is you know it's kind of a, like it's weird to force you into combat in a game that's not designed really for it. Like I think that all of the combat in this game more or less comes up wanting, other than the bosses. Like anytime you're fighting genome soldiers, it's pretty dumb. Yeah, I would I would even like go so far as to argue anytime you're fighting machinery, it's pretty it's pretty bad. Um, yeah, like when you're fighting the tank or the hind D, like yeah, it makes you feel like a badass. But yeah, yeah, it, it's hard to work. Um, shortly after this, you go. Um, you're you're looking for uh, the armsec president, and uh, you get this hint that uh, he's being held in the armory, and they've uh, cemented over some of the doorways, which does not seem like a sustainable <laughs> way to, to to hide something. Like you know, he never he never needs to leave. You know, like exactly. Like they cast the Montalado to show up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they kind of want to break in. Um, and then, like, just like Revolver Ocelot's hanging out down there. Like, doesn't he need food? And, <laughs> well, there there is a door out. In all fairness, yeah. it's just a higher security level than you have access yeah, that's to. That's true. That's true. Um, so, they, but you're you're told to look for another kind of pain. You go down to the armory, um, which they introduce a couple of new mechanics to this. <laughs> the yeah. worst. 
Yeah. The worst yeah, mechanics. They're, they're trap doors. <laughs> huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> Dad, they can't be bottomless pits. Yeah. For all intents and purposes. <laughs> I think this is a whole, like, Metal Gear 1 had these kind of trap pits. Yeah. In, in areas, I think that's kind of the idea. But again, a bad way to build a base. And you know, uh, Foxhound didn't build this base, so so who, who had this idea? But you do get a kind of like a nice upgrade here because the armory, this is a place you're going to be coming back to, and whenever you get a new kind of security clearance, and you kind of get access to new weapons every time you come back. And this is where you get the FAMAS, F A M A S, or F A M A S, or however you want to say it. Yeah. Um, a fairly annoying and hard to use weapon that you'll be forced to use a lot. Uh, which benefits from as you, I think it's you hold square and then X, you can run while you're using it. Yeah. So full of pro tips here today. Um, this, th- this area benefits, um, as do most areas from now on, benefits from having the thermal goggles, which are on yeah. the second floor of the tank hangar. Um, you're basically operating like the predator at this point. You're useless unless you can see heat. So, yeah, totally, totally, uh, totally optional. The thermal goggles, yep. Um, which is which is interesting. Um, but if you do get them, this is one of the many places where they're very useful. Um, a lot of the items in this game are optional, right? You know, which uh, which is a really interesting way to take it. Like sometimes you do need it, and the the characters will just tell you like, "Hey, go back here and get it." But uh, yeah, and you get a lot of items. Like I remember I, when I was playing this, I was thinking back to the the ads for Metal Gear One, which were just his inventory. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those in Nintendo Powers? It would be a picture of Snake and then just like everything you can get all around him. Before my time. And, and oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll find one and, and throw it up on the show notes. It's an amazing ad and, and any kid would want to play that game mm-hmm. because you get so much stuff. You know, you're used to Mario Brothers where you get a mushroom, a star, and a flower, you know, <laughs> and you, there's just so many different like little neat things you get. And this game really does that too. Like you get a lot of stuff of all varying usefulness. You know, there's some things that I, I, you know, you can go through the whole game without really touching. Yeah. Which goes to, you know, my love of mystery in games too. Yeah. 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 Trying to figure out the best way to use things. Um, so, so eventually you, you find the differently painted wall, you find the C4 here, um, and you, you break through the wall and you get to your first real boss fight with revolver Ocelot. Yes. Um, the most re- like one of two, especially maybe three, uh, homoerotic fights in the game. <laughs> 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 I'm going to read a quote. This is this is paraphrased, but this is how I remembered it. Um, I love the feeling of a long silver bullet sliding into a well-greased chamber in combat. Makes you feel alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's stupidly homoerotic. I, li- I like a revolver ocelot as a as a, as a character. Um, there, there's very little indication in this game that he's going to be the main antagonist of the series or Until that he will show up. Yeah. Oh, the end. Like the post-credit sequence. Yeah, the post-credit sequence, and it's like, oh shit! Yeah. Like at that point, he's not just a, like a double or triple agent. I think he's like into like septuple or nonary. Yeah. At that point, so <laughs> he's playing the nonary game with uh, exactly. the agency. Sorry. Um, that's okay. The, the, uh, this is a fun boss fight, though. Like it's interesting. You're in a very confined space, and you have a very limited uh, kind of movement track. It's really about kind of managing his reload. Yeah. And anyone you talk on the codec will tell you that. Um, you know, like reloading is usually the most dangerous part of a fight, but he loves it. <laughs> and then like when, you know, when he does, it, he's like, oh, I love the smell of cordite. You know, and like he talks about how <laughs> yeah. much he, 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 he's fetishizing, uh, like, <laughs> makes you think of that onion story where it's like homoerotic overtones pervade local gun show. Yep. And it's just like the, the one guy stroking the other guy's rifle or he's like, this will blow a man straight to heaven. <laughs> 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 um, but, 
Yeah, I just pictured him being rock hard during this entire fight. <laughs> totally. It's <laughs> 100%. Um, <laughs> just... <laughs> the, the slightest breeze will cause the end to just blow off. Just, yeah. <laughs> just a blood geyser right out of his turgid cock. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> no, this is good. And, and you know, the, the, the dual nature of it is, is, is really cool, but there's also the notion of, you know, this, this, this big dude wired, to you know, several hundred pounds of, plastic explosive in the middle of the room that yeah you know if if you tried to like shoot straight across you would shoot him and if you try to run straight across you'll die so right. you know the setting of it is pretty tense too yeah i like this boss fight a lot yeah. um I'm, I, the boss fights in this game are pretty good yeah like that's a really interesting and making them so varied and uh and kind of having that all that personality this is one of the first games i played where where that's the case mm-hmm. you know later that would become um you know, kind of a uh, something that has been really lauded in games. You think about things like Shadow of the Colossus and yeah. and things like that. Like having these, just like every boss being very different and uh, a new take. But Metal Gear has done it. You know, uh, the Metal Gear Solid games at least have done it the entire time, pretty consistently. Yep. Yeah. Um, the 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 post death fights a little bit later on, a little bit much, or not not yeah. post death fights, uh, post death speeches, a little yes. bit much for me. Way but, way uh, much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Much. Yeah, but. Uh, 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 I don't know. I want to play so much more of this series again. I need to go through, but I don't want to play them in standard def, so I have to go buy the yeah, go buy yeah, the yeah. collection. Oh, so luckily, wow. they, we're, we're spared a post-death speech from Revolver Ocelot because the ninja comes and slices off his hand. <laughs> exactly. Which hysterically becomes like a plot point later. Oh. It isn't the hand? Yeah, like... <laughs> Well, uh, okay, this gets a little bit into crazy territory. Um, it's it's implied that the hand is possessing him in uh, yeah. in two, but uh, that may or may not be the case. Okay. Um, in four, I'm not going to spoil whether or not it is, but yeah. it's called into question at the very least. Yeah. But yeah, well, well, finally somebody questions that. <laughs> <laughs> like, they went like you know two and a half games of just being like, oh, you know, I saw Liquid Snake's arm onto my. my hand onto my hand and it's possessing my mind everyone's like no you know like it's like like when homer gets hair grafts from snake yeah oh wait holy shit we are through the looking glass gary (laughs) (laughs) i I love that part where at the end lisa runs in she's like this the hair must be controlling and and mars like we've all figured that out (laughs) 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 <laughs> holy shit yeah um but this is the last time you fight revolver uh Oslav for a while um yeah. strangely enough not a huge beatles fan um <laughs> sorry i need to get i needed to get that in somewhere it's, it's okay <laughs> yeah it's okay. so you get another exposition dump about currently existing technology and whatnot uh from uh from mr baker before he too mm-hmm. croaks of a heart attack and you have to find uh meryl meryl has the key or the test data or is it the the deactivation key oh, she, she has the, he, give, he, he gives you the test data he gives you the test data but she has the deactivation key which yes. she um apparently managed to hide because women have more hiding places than men she yeah. says yeah wow yeah yeah that that <laughs> that little bit yeah. um and it's it's a big bulky square key like yeah. it's it's like the, like putting a TV remote, like one of those like like a like those uh, novelty geriatric TV remotes. Yeah, from Walgreens, it'd be like putting that into your into your uh, you know, yeah, into your your coot coot cooter into the coot yeah cooter. Uh, <laughs> like putting that into, into your cooter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> activation key wolf. 
fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, putting it into the, the cooter. Um, so which is, which is really strange. But this is a really infamous kind of fourth wall breaking thing. Because uh, he doesn't have time to tell you her, her codec code. He tells you to check the back of the CD case. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually on your PlayStation CD case. Yeah. I remember, you know, wandering around all of the area. And then I was, I was just like looking in the manual. Um, and then I put the manual back into the case because I'm not a barbarian. Um, <laughs> and I placed it face first down on the table in front of me because I always played at a desk um, in this era of my life. Um, that, that, that was put in front of a TV and I saw Meryl on the, oh, holy shit, the screenshot has her codec. So I tried yeah. it and there it was. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. I think the part of the reason why this was so confusing is just the language. Like it's not a C, you know, I wouldn't have said CD mm-hmm. case. That makes it seem like it might exist within the world. Like I wouldn't have said like the game case. Yeah. At yeah. this point. So, um, I, I mean, I remember looking at like everything that could have even remotely resembled a disc, including the rations, which are circular, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, super. This is awesome, though. Yeah. Like that, 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 we can all agree that, that that's badass. People got really upset about this because it was seen as an anti-game rental thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, which like, I think it was kind of a, a side effect. I, I don't think I think Hideo Kojima is enough of a, you know, maniac magician to like <laughs> want to just do this straight faced. And, and the anti-game rental thing was, was a side effect. Art for the sake of art, yeah. Um, but, like, that's notwithstanding the fact if you just call the colonel three times, he'll tell you the frequency. Right, kind right, of. right. Yeah. Or you can go through and try every frequency in order because there's only 200 of them. It doesn't take that long. Yeah, that's true. So I'm sure a lot of people did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just had to know the the frequency playing on the PSP. Really? So, the, yeah. so there were the, that was one of my questions about the adaptation there. So you have to either know it or guess it. Yeah, or you are the well. The colonel would have told me if okay. I would have called him three times, or I could have done all of them. But I just you know I just knew it. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make allowances for that. So we have it going to go meet her. You have to cross this large snowy field where you do another boss fight. I like how kind of dense the boss fights get during certain parts like they're oh, not yeah. necessarily evenly paced but they are kind of the highlight of the game for me so um yeah. and not not particularly this one though this isn't great no it's not um it would have been better if there was any kind of um modern touch for the uh, for the grenade controls because you really win it when they pop open the hatch and you throw grenades into the into the inside of the tank which mm-hmm. rightly should kill anybody inside of it yes um but there are many times where you should have been rightly been killed, especially when Snake is shelled by a tank, or, or especially when you when you <laughs> empty like infinite clips into Liquid Snake at the end <laughs> during that, that first person shooting part. Yeah. Um, but you know th- it's really hard to aim grenades, is what Cole's getting at. Yeah. And uh, and that makes this really tough because that's the way that you fight someone inside a tank. It's kind of clever, you know, mm-hmm. like that is how you would as a one man you would fight a tank. But uh, it is it is a little bit frustrating. This is the first time um, in a boss fight where the limited camera really got in my way. Mm. Um, and I was frustrated with this at first, too, but it was really bad this time as well. I wish that I could see because you're so tight in on Snake and this battlefield is so wide open that as you are running around trying to, you know, not get machine gunned or shelled, you lose track of where the tank is. You can kind of stay, you can stay, and, and if you, what I try to do is kind of keep tight circles around the tank so I wouldn't lose track of it, but it makes it really, the tank kind of moves unpredictably, so it's really easy for it to, to, to run you over, to start, you know, moving a direction and, and knock you down. And you take surprisingly little damage from being run over by a tank, less so than you do <laughs> by being shelled. So, what? like, it, I think that's probably would count as a pro tip to try to stay as close, you know, kind of run tight circles around the tank. 
while you're waiting for grenade opportunities, but you're still going to take a lot of damage. Just maybe not quite as much if you end up getting shot or shelled from, from getting away from the tank. Yeah. One of the things that really bothers me about this game, and I can understand it because if I got shelled by a tank, I would probably fall, it out, fall down too. <sighs> um, but so many of the boss fights, like if you get hit, like like Snake must have like ankles that are made of like glass or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And, and, he, he, Falls out in a huge theatrical way. Yeah. Like when everything happens, like the story of Everest from, from Mr. Show. <laughs> like he falls exactly like that. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've been waiting for an opportunity to link that. Oh, God. Tom Kenny falling into that fucking wall of the Jay Johnson. Uh, what? Jay Johnson. Really? Falls yeah. Oh, wow. I, 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 I have been confusing them Your all. Your whole life has been a lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Ice King did not fall into the wall of thimbles. All right. No. So, no, I love that sketch, though. It's eight yeah. minutes of just the best. It's good. It, um, it, 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 but that, that's how Snake falls. Yep. Have you seen the sketch? That's how Snake falls whenever anything happens to him. If someone says boo, like, next to him, like, well, like, he just immediately just, you know, goes flat on his back. It's um, like it's like me whenever I'm threatened with violence. Chris he does Kenna, have all Chris the recessive genes, right? He does. Like maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's well, what happens. Yeah, he does. I mean, you 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 find that out at the end, um, in possibly one of the most annoying for anybody who knows anything about genetics. <laughs> Ugh, man, the science in this game, science. dog. The science in this game, man. Ugh, fuck. Luckily, I know nothing about genetics. <laughs> Every, in fact, everything I know about genetics is from this game. So, <laughs> the uh, yeah. Beautiful. So, I spent a lot of time soliloquizing to my cat about how I'm not a, a prisoner of my genes and <laughs> shooting the live and. Um, well, being that I am a I am a, I am a pale, blonde slash redheaded person with tons of allergies, I have all of the recessive genes in the entire world. I am a walking recessive gene. You're like uh, solid snake. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, you eventually uh, disable this tank by throwing grenades in. Uh, you know, this isn't the Vulcan Raven fight, thank God, because if this was the way he went down, we we would be spared from the secret best boss fight in this game. Mm. Um, but uh, you proceed along and Vulcan does the whole, like, he is a worthy foe. Kind yeah. Of Vulcan Raven is here representing uh, Indian mystic, like Native American mysticism exactly. for the series. Like he's, he'll be playing the Native American mysticism for the series or for the, the, <laughs> for the game. game. Step yeah. aside, Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Pretty, 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 pretty funny. Yeah, like like Kim says some stuff later that's hysterical. Yeah, um, you get in this, this interesting area where they're they're storing all of their their uh, nuclear warheads, and it's really interesting because they uh, you can't use a weapon in this area, and they stop you from doing it. Like these nanites and peptides that you've been injected <laughs> with um, can actually prevent you from like reaching for your trigger uh, for your gun. Yeah. So yeah, this is this I remember this being a huge deal when I was younger, and not such a big deal. Now that I was older, because I the game spent so much time enforcing you to to play without really fighting guys, fighting uh, ordinary soldiers. So when I was young, I remember butting my head against this more. And now that I was older, I was like, not that big a deal. Yeah. Um, the biggest problem with this, um, this is the area that has stopped a lot of my um, no radar playthroughs. Mm. Because even though you can't fight, and that's not like a huge problem for you, because you can just like track their movements on your radar just make sure you never get seen you know all, all that kind of stuff problem is the people who are patrolling that area they don't know that if they shoot a gun it's going to kill you and everybody yeah in there. why didn't they tell them yeah yeah like yeah like so you, you just can't you can't get caught here 
No. You really can't. But uh, this begins kind of this weird area. Like that, that, that first compound, that first building, you spend a lot of time in those individual areas. However, when you get to the nuclear storage um, facility and then the building that's after this, after the comm tower, um, a lot of the areas are kind of one-off. Yeah. Like you go through them either once or you just like pass through, pass through them again with a different set of guards while you're on one of this game's many egregious backtracks. Yeah. I was about to say, like, there, there are no sections of this game you go through once. Yeah. Like, like this game makes you backtrack to it to a disgusting degree. Yeah. Like, I, so, I hate it. So that's a bit of a fallacious <laughs> statement, but like, just, uh, the areas stop feeling unique, because, maybe because they use a lot of the same devices, you know, eventually, and the novelty wears off after that first building. I'm not exactly sure, but it's like, okay, this is this area. This is this area until you get to that, you know, underground storage facility where it's like everything is like the same. Yeah. Almost. It's like they ran out of like creative juice halfway through. Yeah, I agree. The, uh, so your main your main goal here is you're trying to find Hal Emmerich, um, who is a, uh, a scientist who is a nuclear scientist. They've kidnapped like he's been kidnapped, right? He hasn't been um, kidnapped. He was he was an arms tech employee. Oh, um, he worked there before. Yeah. yeah. And when Foxhound took over during the uh, during the exercise, they locked him in the lab um, in order to keep running the simulations and to keep him from being able to uh, give out the information to stop Rex. And, and to get to him, you have to go through these kind of uh, storage labs, which is this ridiculously guarded area, <laughs> like this hallway filled with poison gas with an electrified floor and gun turrets. Um, like, how does anyone work in this place? Like, I guess that's to keep keep Otacon in. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's, you know, that's fine. But, you know, any one of those things would keep Otacon in. This is really overkill. Um, it is. And then, like, those guns and that poison gas, they don't go away once you find no. them. No, so not at all. He's, yeah, sitting, he's, he's sitting in this lab with access to five, count them, no, six, count them six, you know, stealth camouflage units. And mm-hmm. he could have gotten away at any time, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is where you get the Stinger missile. Which is one of my favorite weapons of the, the game. Nikita missile. Or Nikita, I'm sorry, Nikita missile. You're correct, because there's a stinger later. Yes. Uh, the Nikita missile, which is really fun. Um, and the pro tip for that is you can go into first person mode when using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't try to use it not in first person mode. It's really difficult. And uh, I mean, you, you have to try it a bunch of times because you can overcorrect. Um, it has this weird kind of thing where it goes slow unless you turn it. And if you uh, stay on the same trajectory for a while, it'll accelerate. Um, which will cause problems. Also, the uh, the the camera turrets will uh, shoot you we'll down. Shoot yeah. Yep. So this so. is kind of a real enforced kind of tutorial for this weapon um, that you you have you know you will end up using later, like I end up using later, but it ends up becoming kind of this utility key for some of the bosses. Um, there are two bosses later on that this this weapon helps out a lot, and kind of going through this tutorial area and learning how to really use it. Helps with so that a whole bunch. I, I would be curious about which two because I only ever used it for one. Um, you can we'll we'll talk about it when we get to the bosses. Okay. I used it for two. We'll leave um, a little bit of suspense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so at the end of this this uh, once you get through this hallway, you you fire the the Nikita missile and, and deactivate the electric floor, make your way through, and this is another kind of little treasure area where you're going to come back with like key cards later and get more treasure. Like everyone just carries all their equipment and like bland offices at this place. So it's like, let's put the body armor in, in John's office. He won't yeah. mind, you know, oh, God, um, that body armor, man. Yeah. It's essential, essential, essential and optional, um, <laughs> you know, easy to miss, but definitely need it. You get to this hallway full of, full of corpses and blood, you know, so like something's <laughs> not, something's going wrong and you run into the boss fight with the, uh, the cyborg ninja. I remember being taken aback by, uh, how violent that hallway was. 
I, you know, I was probably just too jaded by that point. <laughs> I was a little bit older when I played this too. So like I'd seen a lot of, of bloody hallways in, in my day. <laughs> in, so, in, my, in my day, in my day to day, as it were, as you do. Um, no, but just, um, this is a violent game. You know, you, you straight up choke bitches out. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I was just, gonna well, like, they just disappear though. Yeah. It's not a bloody true. game. Like it's, it's yeah. you know, you commit acts of violence with little consequence. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's very much a video game until you see the lasting remnants, like, you know, the, the struggling bodies of people as they're hacked to bits, right? <laughs> you know, and their very lifeblood goes, you know, spattering across the wall. Um, it's important no. to know that they're bad guys that, you know, they're here. So it's like part of you thinks like, Oh great. I found an ally, um, which is only half true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you find you find probably the most inscrutable person in the game, mm-hmm. which uh, oh man, I, I I have a conflicted relationship with this boss fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, e- even when I first played it, it was like die, 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 die. Okay, I won, but I still am not like ready to say it's a bad boss fight. I love this boss fight. Yeah, I like this boss fight a lot. Yeah. Like I, I did not have a, a too 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 much of a problem with it. You know, it's, it's a little tricky, but you kind of, you've learned a little bit about, you know, your tools. So, you know, you know, things like, um, like this guy is a cyborg. So maybe chaff grenades will fuck him up a little bit mm-hmm. and he turns invisible, but you already know how to deal with that because you've got the, uh, the thermal goggles and you've used that mm-hmm. to good effect. Yeah. Uh, like for, for me, it always comes down to, you know, he gets hits on, he gets hits on me until I get to my last ration. And then at the very end, when he is like going completely nuts and the boss fight is for all intents and purposes over, mm-hmm. but he starts flash stepping around the room and like attacking you. Yeah. You have to have like a reserve of health left over. Um, you can, you can kind of like Toro him when he's doing that. Yeah. Like he kind of, yeah, like it, you can, um, cause he, um, will kind of, well, you can kind of stand in a spot, wait for, for the queue and then move away. Yeah. It's not helped by the controls. Like it's hard to know, like, you know, it seems like it should be easy just to push in the direction you want to face and attack. Yeah, but it's really you rotate on this weird little pivot. Yeah, he'll do like a Zoolander where he does like three lefts in order to go right. Yeah, yeah, and well, even even you though, when you're trying to attack him, like a lot of times I'd find myself missing in melee just because the the direction facing that you're doing is so slippery. You know, it's really easy to just kind of pivot back and forth on this on this axis um, and face face incorrect directions. So it makes the the melee combat in this game. You know, all the all the the like I said, like almost all the combat in this game is is a little slippery and hard to control. Um, but it makes the this fighting part really kind of difficult because I would or like a guy would be on top of me. That would happen a lot. Where this guy takes a punch, it makes him step forward. We are now occupying the same space, and my punches don't connect, mm-hmm. and that's really frustrating. Yeah, that's true. Um, and you also get into something that's a bigger problem later on uh, with the liquid snake fight. But uh, snakes only close quarters combat is a three move combo. Yeah. Which is punch, punch, kick. It's all in the mind. If you want to catch me, I'm sure you'll find <laughs> the moves. I'll teach you are sure to beat you. Yeah. So it's, um, it, it's, it's its own kind of like weird, uh, thing in, in, in that way. So as long as you know that that's all you can do, yeah. um, then you're fine. So you can do your, you know, kick, punch, chop, and then get out of the way. But how cool is it? That this fight takes place in this like computer lab that just gets wrecked. <laughs> I love it. Like, it's so cool. Like all the times where like, you know, if you start shooting or when he starts, like electricity flies everywhere, like everything starts exploding. Monitors are blowing up. Like you papers know, are flying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It looks awesome. And, and, you know, he's, he's 
shouting some pretty disturbing stuff at you. This is yeah. number two of the homoerotic fights. Yeah. Uh, game, Hurt me more. Yeah, I know. Make me feel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, it's very clear that he wants to die by your hand. <laughs> yeah, and you know nothing about him at this point. He turns out to no. be plot important and everything, but the, at this point he's just a mystery. Yeah. Um, after you beat him, you meet uh, Otaku Convention. Um, <laughs> Hal Emmerich. Who, like, come on, <laughs> like, just call me Otacon. It stands for Otaku, Conve- Otaku Convention. If you meet somebody who says that to you in real life, punch him. <laughs> punch him good. And then leave the BronyCon or wherever the fuck you're at. <laughs> this is and just like the Japanese like, animes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, good night. Like, I can't, I mean, I can't decide if I think that Otacon is annoying as a character in general. Like, I kind of like his his voice and, like, cadence when he yeah. speaks. Like, I kind of like the way he delivers. He's such a he's such a colossal pussy. He calls himself Otacon. Like those two things are really strikes, you know. So I'm just kind of hovering on this third strike against him. Uh, okay, so if you're going to take that stance, not if you're going to take that stance, <laughs> knowing that you take that stance, um, I'm going to come out and uh, give my my position. I think Otacon is the secret hero of the series. Oh, does he show up after the in the intro to the second one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess he does because yeah, MM. Yeah, maybe, yeah, because because of EE. Yeah, and then it, Metal Gear Solid Four, like he's he's like integral to the like everything going down. Hmm. You know, like he, he's he's very much at the center of it. Um, Counterpoint: In the beginning of number two, he says every dot com has their own Metal Gear. <laughs> so. That's because it came out in two thousand one. <laughs> so so Zappos dot com. <laughs> Has their own specially branded Metal Gear with huge sneakers on. Holy shit! <laughs> You're telling me he can dis- he can deploy a sneaker or a Skechers sneaker to any point on the planet? Yeah, <laughs> and free shipping both ways. Um. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. No, I I, I really like Otacon. I like him a lot. I I, I embrace his uh, fucking uh, uh, uber pussiness. I think is what you said. Yeah, something I say, colossal pussy. Colossal pussy. I, I embrace his giant quivering colossal pussy. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, he's, he's he's great. I mean, he's a great source of he's a great source of info. Um, the love plots are a little much um, yeah. for him. Between him like and uh, no, I don't like that too much. Um, he tends to fall for the wrong people. Um, in this game, is Sniper Wolf, and for it's um, you know, it's what's what's her name, Naomi. And in two, uh, it's his late stepmother. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, counterpoint, when he comes to rescue later, he does it with a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> so I'm just saying, but, this guy, like, it works, but only because of weird fucking video game logic. Yeah, that's true. I just, he, he, and also, he totally could have given you a stealth suit at this point. <laughs> well, just no, be, 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 because he, he grabbed the one, but the others were missing. He didn't They're not missing you. yet. No, that's not true. Like, that's when he when that, during that part of you, he says he went back to go grab you one. Oh, and shit. It, was, it was right before he tells you mm. that they're missing. <laughs> I love how we are discussing the ontology of Otacon and <laughs> stealth suits in the <laughs> Metal Gear series. Video games. <laughs> Video games. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but anyway, he uh, he he gives you um, this another long winded exposition dump, which includes gratuitous um uh, footage from uh, Police Knots, the worst yeah. Hideo Kojima game. Um, 
<laughs> I've never played Police Knots. It's actually one of the few that I haven't played by. I've uh, I've, I've played a ROM of it. It's not that great. Snatcher is great though. Oh, Snatcher's Snatcher is amazing. Like, like fun fact: in the Twin Snakes, all of the uh, Police Knots footage is replaced with uh, Zone of the Enders footage, which is actually a really good game. Yeah, yeah, and and also works just as well for for him just talking about how much he loves giant robots and yeah. and animus. Um, Zone of the Enders is good. Um, the uh, so he you know, he was the he was the son of like uh, uh, somebody who worked on the Manhattan Project. You get his huge like everyone in the in the world tells you their backstory. Yeah. In this game, in this weird way that like reminds you of some kind of tribal culture where like you know you you tell your entire tribe's history whenever you meet like somebody new, but it just happens like a thousand times in yeah. this game. It's fine. Like I like it. I like the voice acting. You know they do they do that stock footage to kind of spice it up visually. I'd be lying if I said I didn't get totally exhausted by it. But 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 eventually it became like the Mount Everest sketch. Really, really funny. Yeah, that's, they did true. It. that's true. That's true. Man, the end. The end of this game. Like you, the 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 button. Like the time you're in control. The time you're out of control ratio is incredible. Yeah. Like like at the end of this game. Anytime after Rex, it just becomes stupid. Even on your way to Rex, like oh yeah, Anacon is constantly like just you know I aming you or like you know codecing <laughs> you uh, exposition like on a near constant basis. At arbitrary points, like you just climb a ladder and then you get a call, and then you walk across the the catwalk, you get a call, and you go into the room, you get a call. Like it just happens all the time. Yeah. Anywho, anyway, um, so after you fight the cyborg ninja, you are fast on the heels of the uh, most memorable boss fight of the game. Real quick before we go into that, I just want to. Um, I love the puzzle of figuring out which soldier is Meryl. Oh yeah, you have to look at her butt. Well, you have to look at her butt, or you have to wait for which soldier goes to the women's room. Yep. <laughs> and Anakon hints at it, but that's a really that's a really smart puzzle. Like, you know, she walks different, or she goes to the bathroom at a different place. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also means that while you're waiting, every guy who goes to the urinal, you can choke to death and farm them for actions. <laughs> exactly. Which I totally until, did. Uh, and, until you end up not having anybody to choke, but Meryl. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so you run into Meryl, and she, you know, she talks about how you have to... Uh, continue on through this this other room she gives you the card key um and you go in and you fight like the most famous boss fight in the game if you're uh, gonna stop me i'll stop you um easter egg at this point um if you run into the bathroom uh you can catch her in her uh uh, underwear Mm -hmm. yep Uh, that is true and it's it's everything you wanted it to be (laughs) uh, some ps1 no 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 single person has ever looked attractive on a a ps1 game no in cutscene or and like they can look stylized and look kind of like you know look fine like there are good cutscene graphics. Mm-hmm. No one like like no one has ever looked attractive. Like that technology is not even nearly there. And this is as good a point as any to uh, to to mention this, except for the stock footage that you mentioned in the in the cinematics where they're trying to illustrate some point or another. All of the cutscenes in this game are done in engine. Yeah, which I think is really cool because eventually you stop noticing that the faces don't say anything. Right. Like, like, like they don't move at all. There's no eyes. It's just like this texture that indicates, you know, to some degree, if you squint, a face. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, um, and it's, it's the layer of abstraction remains consistent. Like one of the things that Final Fantasy VII gets a lot of shit for is that shifting layers of, extra, of abstraction, where your characters have like you know three different different models and they're, they coexist at different times. So they have yeah. things like, you know, pushing cloud on the wheelchair out of the, the collapsing village and you're in your, you know, overland <laughs> sprites, but the, uh, or polygons, but the background is uh, a cinematic and it looks ridiculous. Yeah. You know, so, you, so it's very consistent. And that's why we need a PS3 remake of final fantasy seven. Yeah. 
Get on it, devs. I would, <laughs> so, I would play that. I'm, I'm, I'm a Final Fantasy so. VII apologist. Oh, yeah. me too. Don't worry. I'm just, yeah. I was, I was, I was putting it out there to test you. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the void comp test. <laughs> exactly. Um, Are you a robot who didn't cry when Aeris died? <laughs> I, I didn't. No. Okay, so now I deign that we can talk about Psychomantis. Mm-hmm. Hmm, thank you. Thank cool. you. Yeah, no problem. I'm I'm nothing it's if not gracious. Such. <laughs> um. Um, but uh, this, I think, is you know most people's touchstone for the game, whether they've played it or not. Yeah, this is this is famous. Yeah. Um, this is uh, it's really really neat. Like you're heading heading towards this room, and uh, uh, Meryl starts acting kind of funny. And gets this weird quality to her voice, and uh, you start seeing kind of flashes from inside the room, and eventually you get in there. And uh, one of the one of the neat things that happens is when you switch to first person mode, you see <laughs> her eyes. Yep. Um, super disorienting. Yeah, and you see yourself. So like wherever you move, it's just kind of like, oh shit, I'm being watched. Yes, and I can confirm it by pressing this button. Yep. <laughs> so super super cool. And uh, and and she starts starts kind of throwing herself at you, yeah. At this, point. love and, me, and, snake. Lo- love me, snake. Love me. Yeah, exactly. Like make love to me, snake. Um, so so Psycho Mantis puts her in that in the boner boner trance, <laughs> and the uh, and eventually appears, and he is this kind of gaunt, uh, gimp looking. You know, he's kind of dressed up in like S and M gear. Yeah, uh, floating waif, um, who has psychic powers and delivers this monologue. This like meta contextual monologue that made this game, you know, what it is. Exactly. So, he, uh, the, 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 there's there's so many things to hit on here. So I hope you don't mind if we if we no, set up camp on Psychomantis for about ten minutes or so. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, I, I forget exactly what order it's in, but it very much integrates Metal Gear Solid into the PlayStation One at that era with that particular hardware. It starts off with um, it. It kind of go, starts going uh, from the outside in. So it starts off with things about like the character, and then about the way you play. Yeah, you know. So it start, and then it's like you know, it starts out with things that and it, it. It all seems above board. Like he's talking about you know Snake's history, and he talks about he's like, oh, you're an aggressive man, or oh, you you know you you've barely been seen, and then he says like you let you save your game often. You're a very cautious man. Yeah, and it's like wait a minute, like who's he talking to? Um, Snake doesn't save his game, but then that eventually turns like runs into uh, uh, him reading your memory card to see what kind of games you, the player, like. Looking for other Konami games. So if yep. you if you had a save uh, that was you know Castlevania Symphony Symphony, and then he would say, oh, "You like Castlevania." I did yeah. it as Bane because I can't do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that your default? Like whenever your impersonation just tries to find something, it just defaults to Bane. Maybe I don't. I guess know. they're both wearing they're wearing similar masks. Yeah, but Psycho <laughs> Mantis, like he's he's more like that, that's like a Peter Lorre like voice, but he's more like it's more high pitched and yeah, it is sinister uh, sounding. But but like what is he? He's Russian or Ukrainian? Like most of the villains are from the Eastern Bloc. Yeah, yeah. So he reads your memory card. So. To my delight, this works for the PSP. Really? Like he, yeah, he reads uh, save files. So I have uh, Suikoden on my on my PSP. Okay. And he he does the whole like I see you like role playing games thing. Wow. 
That's Which really again, cool. In truth, I don't love Suikoden one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> jokes on you, Psycho Mantis. I'm like, it's fine. I like Suikoden just fine. But the, uh, uh, you know, that's it's not quite enough evidence. The only thing that doesn't come across in this is the controller thing. Yes. Because it detects that. And that happened in the original version. That scene would be skipped if you don't have a vibrating controller. Right. If, if it doesn't shock. sense the, uh, the, the dual shock, it won't, it won't do the scene. But if you do have a dual shock, he'll tell you, put the controller on the ground. Or uh, whatever flat surface you can. I'm going to move it mm-hmm. with my mind. With my mind. With with his mind bullets. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um. And then by vibrating the controller, it moves it across, and that's like a nice little. Oh God, he's breaking yeah. into the real world. Super awesome. Great. And then and this all kind of continues into to how you defeat him. Mm-hmm. So when he's he's running around. Uh, throwing furniture at you and, and stuff like that and just kind of being a cackling ninny, um, you can't shoot him because if you do, he knows what you're going to do before you do it. Right. And he deflects the bullets. And ingeniously, the solution is to switch your controller port to the second port, which he doesn't know to read. Right. And there, there's an option for that in the PSP as well. There's an option for that on the PlayStation 3 as well. Okay. Um, and, the, and the cross media bar. I played it on my PS3 for the, uh, for the smoothing and such. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual disc, not the, uh, not the, not the PSN download. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the, the fiction around that is really weird. It's kind of like snake. He can only read your left side of your brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is really interesting. So you have to switch over to this kind of, uh, you know, this other part of, of, of your mind to fight. There's a, there's a nice like little, um, safety involved in this. So if you're playing a PlayStation, uh, and eventually, like, you know, the, the hits, hints get more explicit until eventually you know to switch controllers, but they have this, uh, safeguard in place in case, you know, your second controller port is broken. And, uh, the colonel will tell you to smash the statues there in the room. Yeah. Which is a much more standard ending for like a boss fight. Like he's getting his power from some artifact in the room. That happens all the time. But it's really smart that they thought of a way around mm-hmm. that in case you are unable to switch. And that's what I was fully expecting to have to do, mm-hmm. uh, for my, my version. But then when I hit the, uh, the home menu, just kind of looking, I was going to look at the manual, actually. I noticed, like, controller options. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know, I can play this the way it's meant to be played. Um, the uh, In the Twin Snakes, he reads your memory card and will also comment on Nintendo games. Yes, yeah, so we'll find out if you like Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> in which case, he'll murder you for liking Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just like the tonal disconnect between those two. Yeah, 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 yep. Doesn't he comment uh, on Eternal Darkness, too? Uh, I think so. I think he does. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't think I had that save on my my machine at the time I played it. I think oh, I played Twin Snakes first. No, I played Eternal Darkness. I, know, I, I just sorry. think I played Twin Snakes first. And I sold it for a, a tiny fortune because Twin Snakes is really expensive for some reason. That's true. I got mine for like 25 bucks in like 2008 or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this this fight, it's layers on top of layers of the developer thought of everything. Yeah. Yeah. The actual, like, the mechanics of the combat is not is no great shakes. No, I mean, but it's just it's it's just it's really neat the way you get to it. Like once you're eventually just shooting at him, it's like it's not that fun. I mean, it's not it's not unfun, but it's not that noteworthy, I guess. Well, speaking of Eternal Darkness, like they do a couple of like mind fucky kind of things. Like you know, we mentioned at the at the top of the episode, oh, the, the Hideo, yeah, the Hideo kind of thing, where you know, like where it puts up, and that kind of threw me off because that screen, like the with the Hideo up at the at the upper right, it looked mm-hmm. like the video screen on mine, yeah, on, on my TV. 
at the time. So I was like, what, the, what, the, what the fuck? Yeah, I, it was it was the intention, but like that was a nice little bit of uh, kismet or circumstance where it's kind of like they got it right, and I was like, mm. like that's weird. That's Hideo. I didn't know who could, you know who Kojima was at that time. Um, I thought it was kind of like this is fucked. I was like, oh yeah. It's. I think it's safe to say that like nothing quite in the game gets this cool again. Like there are boss fights later that are good fights. And there are cool, you know, set pieces and stuff. But this is, I think this is the peak of the game. Yeah, this is Metal Gear Solid Concentrate. Yeah. They immediately follow this up with one of my uh, most, anno- like, irritating areas in the game. <sighs> not the most. This is not my least favorite part of the no, game. No, no. By, by, this by is, no this, means. Yeah, this, is, this, this part sucks, though. The caves where you have to uh, fight animals, poor defenseless wolves. Well, not defenseless, but they'll come after yeah. you. Wolf, uh, wolf dogs, because Snake is a musher. Yes. <laughs> First, I, okay. I, I like that little bit. Like, okay, he's familiar with the Alaskan wilderness, so he obviously would have something to do with uh, dogs. Him participating in the Iditarod, maybe a bit that, much. That's what I don't. Yeah, that's what I'm not. So, I'm like, imagine him registering and like, you know, <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing all that stuff. That makes no sense to me. Like him just kind of knowing the the, the fauna. But um, that was supposed to the point of, the, of Master Miller. Was he knows he knows the the fauna and flora mm-hmm. for you? So it's like Snake doesn't bring his expertise to the table all that often. It's just it's also just a silly word too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, and the, and there are some kind of like nifty Easter eggs in this area. Like it's uh, make no mistake, it's kind of a son of a bitch. Like yeah. you know, you have to have the night vision goggles to see very clearly. Even when you have the night vision goggles, you can't really see the exits very well because you have to crawl through them. Mm-hmm. Um, the dogs, you know, they're really resilient and I feel bad. Yeah, shooting they have a dog. so many hip points. Yeah. I feel, <laughs> I, dogs and, are so tough. Yeah. And I feel bad shooting a dog in any case. I'm not like a dog person, but it's kind of like, you're, you don't know better. So yeah. why would I kill you? Even there, you're trying to kill puppy. me. What's that? There's a puppy. There's a puppy and it makes you just feel like a, feel, feel like just like the world's biggest cock, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, but, uh, um, I, I think that if you have the, uh, if you have the, cardboard box and you sit still one of them will come will come up and piss on you so you have to do more than that i was trying to do that because that's how i remembered it too and it never worked so i went online to look it up and you have to smack meryl and then hide in the box oh and then the dogs will will come investigate because they like meryl for some reason or another right that we know that i don't think is ever really established she's one of two women in the game and the other woman feeds them so they probably recognize the scent yeah they just like ladies i'm only half joking they're probably what? Synced up. Okay. Synced on their, on, yeah. Um, on so their that's cycles. Probably, yeah. yeah. They're probably, they're probably riding a tandem cycle. Jesus. Um, <laughs> menstrual cycle built for two. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that could be it. But that's how, that's how you get them to pee on you. And then, then you have this box that smells like dog piss that you can use to get through the area, you know, hassle free. Right, and this is be- this is before you get the uh, um, thankfully get the sniper wolf handkerchief from Otacon. Yeah. So the uh, after this, um, you end up this big kind of hallway area on the way to the communication tower, and as you're leaving, uh, Meryl gets shot to fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she gets shot like a thousand times. It's really painful, extended yeah. shooting sequence. It's it's basically torture by sniper rifle. Yeah. 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 Because well, it's supposed to be too because the sniper is trying to lure you out. Yeah into uh into into the area but um everyone's aware that you don't do that you you've got this huge connection to meryl at this point yeah which like i felt was a little bit undersold 
Mm-hmm. Like you kind of like instantly fall in love with this person in the way that happens in, in action movies and stuff. I understand. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, was a, it felt a little bit forced to me. No disagreement. I mean, you know, it, it just makes sense. You People know, fall in love with the drop of a hat in this game as well. Gary feel shortly, but yeah. So like, it's, it's kind of, I mean, for, for as undersold as it is, it's, it kind of sucks to like leave her exposed yeah. Like that, just kind of like, okay, stay here while I go get a weapon so I can fight her. Clearly and, bleed out. Like, and you've been shot like a bunch of times. Like in a lot of like really important places. Like they shoot her in her fucking femur. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and strangely enough, she can walk later if you don't she submit do more to the torture. Walk. Like we were talking about the people falling in the, the weird way or the ninja flips. Like later she does this flip into your arms at the end. I'm like, didn't you, would you just torture for the whole second half of the game after being shot like six times? Exactly. What are you doing doing forward flips into my arm? Adrenaline is a hell of a drug, Gary. Yes. <laughs> so it's probably uh, peptides, <laughs> anti-wounding peptides. Um, it's that, really, really egregious that they send you at this point, though, back to go get the sniper rifle. Because, like, the entire security door thing is, like, you know, so far has just been this convenience of the game to gate you. Quite literally, yeah. in fact. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like, oh, I couldn't get the PSG one before. Um, now I have to go back. And they kind of ameliorate it by this box transporting system where if you, and I like this, how this, you know, fits into the game like i like how you you'll get inside a box in the back of the truck and they look what's marked on the box and then deliver you yep that's pretty smart but it doesn't there's only three hubs for that in the entire game right so it saves you some travel but not yeah like like if you go back to the heliport you have to crawl through the through the vents again which is like a real barrier to entry yeah yeah so the like realistically the only the, the only real means of travel that you have is between the uh the nuclear storage building and uh and, and the uh, underground storage facility or whatever right yeah. yep and then this game takes backtracking to its like most hated degree <sighs> like it's still it's very frustrating though to go do this and when you come back um you do the 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 uh the boss fight with cyber wolf yes um, um I, i'm interested to know how you feel about this because i like the sniper battles in this game it, a lot I, you know i i don't i don't think i do i don't i i think i, I disagree with you the second one i cheesed um this first one what i don't like about it is it just takes me so long to i get frustrated finding the person and then she squeezes her shot off before me which causes such you know catastrophic you know uh shifting of my perspective like yeah. she bounces back and you're well, you have your back to a minefield as well when you're doing this, like we didn't talk about that little weird little memory puzzle of walking through this minefield. Mm-hmm. You can't use your mind detector because of the, uh, uh, they're static. All there. And, 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 and here's the, here's the thing, but like that didn't bother me so much because I knew when we were doing that before, God, damn, I'm, I'm such <laughs> a geek. I, 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 okay. So, so usually like these kind of egregious bits stick out to me, you know, from the first time I played it, but even in the first time that I played it, I knew that claymores, I could disarm them by crawling. So before I even like, you cleared thought, the, the field, yeah, even before I thought about going down the field, I cleared all the claymores by crawling around. So I cleared the claymores before, but this, I guess I'm laboring under a misconception because I thought that to clear a claymore, you had to approach it from behind. 
So in the first area with the mines, I took out the mine detector and picked up all those claymores because, hey, free claymores. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Handy. I I just um, was uh, getting them from behind. So I was just like, if I crawl around on this area, if I approach one from the front, it's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. If you're crawling, you are immune to mines. You are immune to mines. Well, I did not. I did not know that. Yeah. So I've been happy to do that. It's a it's a good tip, especially for the uh, for the Vulcan uh, fight, where yeah. you if if you were choosing to fight him solely through claymores, you could ro- roll through your entire uh, supply. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. In, in any case, like I just got frustrated by it. Seemed like every time I'd readjust my aim, I would get shot, and yeah. it would just. <laughs> shoot me back and i'd have to do it again it, it makes no sense that snake's reaction to getting shot is to rotate on an axis somewhere around his waist <laughs> yeah. by about 270 degrees you've been shot so many times dude like, <laughs> and, and, and like sometimes you, you fall down like an idiot but like oftentimes you just take it mm-hmm. like come on buddy um yeah. so that i i found this pretty frustrating enough to where i cheated my way through the the second one yeah i you know, I, I I recognize those complaints, and I definitely felt that pain. Um, but for some reason, it's never bothered me as much. Probably because of the you know of the novelty. I mean, aside from like GoldenEye 007, this was my first introduction to sniping in a video game. Yeah. Like prior to that, I only knew about sniping from like maybe movies and that one episode of Mash. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I can see. Like, I like sniping in games. You know, it's not like I dislike it. I just don't like having shot knocked back so so far. Like, yeah. case in point, like the fight with the end in Metal Gear Solid Three, I think is really good. Oh yeah. Um, you know, so I like that. I just didn't like that. Like mechanically, it just took me too long to set up my shots again. Yep. No, I to, I, 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 I picked and that you know up. what the, what that is is that I have no point of reference for where to start my my aiming. This is because true. I can't see in first person. So it's like I'm I'm just taking a shot in the dark when I go into sniper mode and then looking around in scope mode. Whereas I should be seeing a person switching to scope mode and then having at least being in the same ballpark. Yeah, yeah. And so if it was in first person, like it probably wouldn't have bothered me. Like this part is is helped out by the fact that like there's only one direction that she can be in. Yeah. Um, that's so true. like so long as you as long as when you equip the PSG one, you are pointed in the right direction. You'll lay down in the right direction. Like I like that he has to like lay down as opposed to like master chiefing it, like firing yeah. from his hip. You know. Um, but if you're if you're like laid down in the wrong direction, that's a world of shit because she yeah. will definitely get her shot off before you can you know do that. Right, and when, I, when they were talking about me laying down in the wrong direction, it's not like I was facing the wall to the right. No, I'm just no, a little bit like, off. Yeah, like your angles a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I got through it. You know, it wasn't like it was. It just it wasn't it wasn't that noteworthy. The second boss fight with her, I think, is probably is better. But by that point, I was kind of speed running. So that's why I cheese my way through that. Yeah, she has a wider angle that she can attack from, too. So there's more area to search um, if you're not using the Nikita. Um, so after after you fight her, you get to the end of this hallway, and you're just kind of deus ex knocked out. <laughs> um, you know, like all these people, you know, all of a sudden you can just kind of get captured. You end up in the tor- another really kind of infamous sequence yeah. in the game is this whole torture. <laughs> so this is where Ocelot comes back and really kind of like enforces himself as a, as a major player in the story, as like somebody who knows a lot about what's happening, and it becomes clear that he is uh, Liquid's lieutenant, mm-hmm. um, even and though it wasn't really done that. Oh yeah, that is a total cocksucker. Um, 
uh, I don't have anything against cocksuckers. They're doing the, the, the world, you know, a great favor, but, mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, just in the pejorative sense. Yes, he is one of those. Um, <laughs> however, um, yeah, this is also the kind of the, one of the areas where if you're paying attention and I can't blame somebody for not getting this in the first, you know, their first playthrough, but especially in the second playthrough, it continues that whole kind of like, why is the DARPA chief asking me about how to disable this weapon? Yeah, they, they, they do a lot of hints, actually. Yeah. Um, and even hinting towards the end of the game reveal, like his post credits reveal kind of uh, shed some more light on what he's talking about during the scene. Mm -hmm. Because he talks about, excuse me, he talks about with Liquid about, uh, how liquids, you know, saying he accidentally killed the, uh, the DARPA chief accidentally, you know, during, right? But yeah, not the case. Um, so it kind of layers within layers, which is really neat. Yeah, and it is fun to pick up on that stuff when mm -hmm. you're playing it again. Um, the torture, the actual, the torture mechanic. So you're being tortured yeah. for information. It's a Mario Party game. Yeah, you just it's tap a tap a tap a. <laughs> like it's just it's just bat, you know bash the button, and uh, you know so there's not very much of a game to it. But it's kind of I kind of like how it's like. Your arms getting tired the same way, you know, sticks and joints is running out. <laughs> well, they, you know? uh, they, they also call attention to that after this. Like in the, in the, in the break at the end, you talk, or in, in between rather, yeah. you talk, you, you talk to Naomi and she says, you know, hold out your arm and put the controller against it. I'll massage it for you. And they cause it to vibrate in that psychomantis kind of way. And it's kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, you, you totally know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah super, super cool. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the, the tapping. Oh, and this is also the point, like, which you, you determine which ending you want to get. Yes. So it's like if you, uh, and there are advantages to both. There so are. Like one is the good ending and one's the bad ending, but you get a really powerful item for your second playthrough, one of which is mm -hmm. clearly superior to the other, which you get for failing this. <laughs> yes. So. I like the Otacon, we'll get to this in the, at, at the end. I like the Otacon ending better. I don't know if that's because it's that, the, that's the ending I got first because I could never fucking figure this out. Mm. <laughs> Like, yeah. no matter how quickly I tap, until I figured out my pro tip. Can I give my pro tip, Gary? Yeah. Okay. No. You get a dish towel, in my case, or maybe a T-shirt, something to protect your controller or device, as it were. Um, during the torture sequences, uh, you put the cloth over your controller, over the circle button specifically. Um, and then you take a spoon... A spoon works really well because it has the curved surface. And then while you're being zapped, you rub this spoon rapidly across the circle button. And um, I defy you to end these sequences um, with less than full health. Yeah. yeah. Or you can man up and just tap faster. Or die and let Otacon take That's you true. away from that island. <laughs> yeah, let Otacon have the final very homoerotic sequence in the game happen. Yeah. It's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you do learn Snake's name, though. Um, you learn Snake's name with Meryl as well. Oh, you do? Really? Yep. Oh, I forgot that. He reveals his name to anybody who, who holds him tight. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> He's um, a slut. Um, that's demeaning. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, we're all kind of name sluts. Like, if we're defining slut by telling people our names. Yeah, no, no. Like we we're, slut we're it out at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> exactly. Like, if, that, if that's your standard for slut, we're... <laughs> So anyway, um, this like the, the 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 torture sequences. There's this uh, nice little uh, interlude between that where you're in this cell and you find the uh, the desiccated, bloodless body of the DARPA chief. I love how he doesn't have his blood. <laughs> like that's so like he copies them down to their blood, <laughs> which is like, what <laughs> so so excessive and so ridiculous. Yeah, I have to see all the blood before I can <laughs> copy it. Also, I need to copy it because it's not like it's internal. No, because it's blood. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, yeah. 
<laughs> but you go back and uh, whether or not you survive the uh, the the the, uh, the torture or not, you get into the uh, the adventure game portion of this uh, of this particular action mm-hmm. stealth game where you have to escape from the cell. And there's kind of two ways to do this. So the the guard who's uh, guarding you has uh, what is probably just the worst diarrhea. <laughs> like I've never run towards a bathroom with my hand on my butt. Like he runs with his hands. Like pushing, I imagine just pushing his cheeks together, <laughs> so, yeah. just just to, to you know the last vestige of his dignity uh, <laughs> down the drain. Um, and because of this, he runs to the bathroom every once in a while, which is the only time you are left unobserved. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you call Otacon to go you because know, he's still running around with his sneak suit. Um, and he comes and he you know you kind of try to talk to him and tell him to actually help you escape, but he refuses. Instead, he gives you a ration, a bottle of ketchup, and a key card. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the guard is in the bathroom, you can lay down on the ground still and equip your ketchup. And Snake figures out that he, uh, you know, uses it to look like blood. Alternatively, you can also hide under the bed. Yeah. Again, you know, they 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 have taken pretty much everything into account in this in this uh, part of the game, uh, at least given the tools that you have available to you. You know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't figure it out, if you can survive five tortures, the ninja just springs you out. Um, so, you, so you get out of there. I can't remember any of the plot significant points except you get your equipment back, but there's a bomb inside of it. Um, yeah, that's really. Cool. I, I like that. It's a little bit of a cop out that uh, what's his name, Otacon, uh calls throat. you and says, "What's that?" Deep, deep oh, Deep Throat. Deep Throat. Yeah, yeah, he he calls you and adding says, "Who's clearly a cyborg and is also named Deep Throat?" So just <laughs> adding to that layers of tension. Yeah. We never mentioned that, did we? That you have oh, a informant named Deep Throat. No, no. He only shows up once before this, though. Yeah, it's true. Uh, he tells not, you about the tank. Um, so you, he's put a bomb in your inventory, and you have to, to have to escape it. If you notice this without him telling you, I'm sure it's amazing. Oh, God, yeah. Like, like it's just like really, really cool that there's this little timer. Mm-hmm. Saying, yeah, you have to throw that away. Yeah, um, and it and it shows up later. Like this, this could be like a nice little warning. Except it's it makes sense that Ocelot would booby trap your your equipment. It doesn't make sense that you would just find it in the radioactive wastewater of Metal Gear. That's a, that's a little bit crazy. Just so just 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 a bit. But by that point, you're so steeped in crazy that it doesn't really yeah, phase you. Doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I think that for the most part, with a couple exceptions, this game is is kind of on its way downhill. At this point, because there are areas that I'm, I'm the next two areas, like big areas, that are not boss fights, are my least favorite. Yeah, yeah. And the, the game, the, the communications tower. tower is fucking egregious. It's it's the worst. Like this is so fucking stupid. Like there's there's one particular room in the underground storage facility that's like worse than this, which is the uh, the like the room that is nothing but turret cameras. See that? Then I mean, you just you just toss a chaff and, and run. I know like, that's annoying. Like, like it's, it's it's annoying. Like I'm not I'm not trying to be you know I'm explaining to you. I know you know how to play. The, <laughs> that's annoying, but not this. There's no. It's just your time. You yeah. know, like it just it just it's not annoying because it's too hard to get through, or it's just like you know kind of a dick move. It's just because even if there were no enemies here, it would take fucking forever. Yes. And to no purpose. It's the uh, it's the Shinra Tower. I even kind of like Shinra Tower because the characters <laughs> are talking to each other and like you get characterization and like. You know, it's kind of fun. This is just running. Yep. You know, and then no, like that. It's running. Both ways, it sucks. It's running with the hope that you remembered to grab the rope. Yeah. Jesus Christ. God help you. <laughs> Fucking shit. God help oh, you. If you got that. And I, mean, I got so confused over like which tower I was in, like spatially at this point, I had mm-hmm. no idea where I was. So like when I got to the top 
of the tower. So, like, you're running up this tower, and there's just endless spawning enemies. The alarm never stops going off. You can't shoot up. You can run and shoot with your with your rifle, which I think is what you're supposed to be doing, or with your famas. Yeah. Um, at this point, but you're still you're still likely to miss. I was constantly accidentally hugging up against the pillar yep. as I was uh, rounding the corners because it's like, oh, this seems like a good a good time to hide, you know. And, and the stairway is just endless. Like, it's just like this endless stairway that just goes up. Um, you get up there. There's a hind. Um, so you say, oh shit, you know, and and decide to escape. This is when you use the rope, correct? Yes, to repel in like the most nonsensical mini game. That is not echoed anywhere else in this game, let alone the series. Yeah, the, the weird repelling minigame, which, like, you know, I got through it okay, but the, if you're supposed to be dodging those steam vents at the end, <laughs> like, gee, and the bullets, Jesus Christ, like, that yeah. is too much. Mm-hmm. Like, I just got it by just kind of jamming on the, the repel button, just, like, going as fast as I could, and it kind of powered down. Yeah. And, then you, and then you're on, so I wasn't exactly sure where I was or where I needed to go at this point. Like there was a weird, there was a definitely weird confusion over like which tower I was in, where I needed to go. Eventually, I figured it out, but it was yeah. frustrating. Like I ended up like definitely going up to the going up one of these towers, thinking I need to go up there and finding the door uh, blasted shut by the hind, and then having to go all the way back. Yeah, um, and there's also that walkway between the two towers that after you rappel down, like. You know, you with, can with a long range, like right, long range machine gun people. Yes, yes, yes. Like that, that, that is one of the most incongruous portions of the game because up to you know up to this point, you know there there are not many places where you're forced to kill people aside from the boss yeah. fights. Um, I think you you can get out of the uh, what am I thinking of the the guard boss battle when you rescue Meryl um, by only killing like ten maybe fifteen people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the minimum that you can kill to get through this game with the big boss rating is like 25. So you can get up that tower. And I did just with stun grenades, you know, you, yeah. just, you, you, you throw a stun, you, you throw a grenade, you wait till it's about ready to fade, you throw another one. And then you have enough in your inventory to get all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. So that's fine, but there's no way to get around this without killing them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it just, it just wants to remind you that you have a sniper rifle. Yeah. But I thought, since you can't, I couldn't, I didn't think to look down on the thing. So at first I thought it was the hind when I attempted to cross. So I was like, oh shit, that's what happened. And I thought, oh shit, like I'm not supposed to go this way. (laughs) And then went back down the the tunnel or the tower, Mm -hmm. nothing. And then went all the way back down and eventually just sniped them. Mm -hmm. Um, They're really hardy too. Like I did a Nikita missile and it only blows up the one it direct hits. The other two are fine. Yep. Like, you know, they get knocked down. Like, it's just, like, it's just they're, dumb. they're godlike. It's, yeah. it's, it's egregious is what it is along, yeah. along with the rest of this. And, th- um, and then the next tower climb isn't fun either. No, like, because it has like, the, uh, the progressing number of, uh, of turret cameras. Yeah. So you're just, you're just doing the same thing you did with the sun grenades, but with chaff grenades. Yep. And, uh, but it's not fun. It just takes forever. And, you know, uh, I hate the communications tower in this game. I totally forgot about it. <laughs> like, I, I had no memory of this from when you I was repressed younger. it. I guess, like I just, I just went to, and it's like this doesn't seem familiar at all. Oh God, <laughs> this is awful. Um, and, and like yeah. narratively, it doesn't make any sense either. Like the whole like stealth suits plus uh, uh, the weight limit thing with yeah. The, what what freight elevator has a limit of six hundred and fifty pounds? <laughs> yeah, I know. For this real, thing carries Metal Gears. <laughs> parts of metal gears let alone that like 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 four average americans (laughs) yeah exactly exactly ridiculous like this is the like you can cut out more or less other than the like just all the connective tissue between the bosses 
from this part of the game on. Yeah. And I'd be happy. Everything that's not a boss fight, I think, is pretty garbagey. Just make it a boss rush. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> I would I would love a Metal Gear game that was all boss rush. Yeah. Because the boss, like, just invent, you know, here, here's 15 really inventive boss ideas. You know? <laughs> Shadow of the Metal Gear. Yeah, totally. Exactly. I'd be into it. So at the top, you fight a hind. You know, you, it's kind of cool. You get the stinger missile. It's not too tough. Like, you just need to use the, uh, there's like a shed or a, up there to use this cover. Yeah. And uh, you're fighting Liquid Snake, so you get to hear his ridiculous Weskerisms. <laughs> um, so. Yep. It's 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 a good fight. Keeping track of the hind in 3D space is kind of kind of, kind of sucky, especially since this, this is your first time having the stinger, um, yeah. which ends up being one of your more important weapons in the game. Um, but you know, you get out of it. It 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 only takes me a couple of tries on a given playthrough to do yeah. this. So the tricky part: the hind shows up on your radar as a blue dot, but you're not sure where it is vertically. Right. So it just makes it difficult. It can do these kind of flies over, like passes over you and shoot you. Or passes under too. Like yeah. the, the, the real trick is to, is to know that the, the, the stinger display will, uh, will, will circle everything in a rectangle. Yeah. Um, that can be targeted. So you look for that kind of telltale hint. Yeah. Yeah. So you defeat the hind and you go down the, uh, we got that backwards because you go down the, uh, the elevator as well. Um, yeah. After this, where you where you fight the uh, the the deliciously cliche elevator battle <laughs> for a video yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, just um, four four stealth suits, which this again didn't need to be there. Like I wasn't at no point was I like, hey, I wonder if there are four more stealth suits. What happened to those? <laughs> like I just thought there was only one because obviously if there were more, then Anakin would have given me one because he huh? seemed like a solid bro. Yeah. It turns out he is not a solid bro, <laughs> and and there are four more. And uh, yeah. you just do this like kind of annoying invisible monster fight, which like is is immediately you know just totally negated by the thermal goggles. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes this just kind of uh, you know pointless fight at this point. Like I feel like there, this is where it starts feeling a little padded. Yeah, it's know? a it's a tissue paper puzzle to be sure. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but you get to the bottom of it, and you get to uh, the second sniper wolf fight. Uh, which is in, uh, you know, in contrast to the first one, which was down this long corridor, this is actually like a wide open, uh, snowy field akin to the, uh, to the tank fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, so you did this primarily with the Nikita, right? Yeah, I just Nikita cheesed. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's, I like this boss fight and I like how they set up the other one as kind of training for this one. Mm-hmm. Like, here, here's a, a boss fight with more area and, and what that would look like in kind of a more complicated, complicated way but i was just kind of rushing like i barely beat this game in time to record so. okay wow okay yeah um i i always tried using the the uh, nikita at this point uh because you know i knew that if i had a wide, wider angle i could sneak up on her um but it never worked for me because she always, she always shot it out of the air so it was easier for me to snipe her mm. because i could move myself faster than i could move the, the uh, nikitas yeah yeah no, I, I, i'm not sure exactly what made it it work, but she never shot one of my my Nikitas. Yeah, but after this, you get uh, you get the uh, the the uh, <laughs> what becomes kind of a running gag in the series: the Otacon despair over a lost love. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's in love with this this uh, psychopath Which, for one reason or another. It's kind of Stockholm syndrome, right? Yeah, he, he was the person who fed the dogs before, and now she's the person who feeds the dogs, and he knows that she's a good person because she likes the she dogs, and the dogs. dogs like her. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, like he, you know, he doesn't know that dogs will love whoever feeds them and whoever expresses yeah. dominance. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but 
<laughs> but yeah, it's uh, one of those things. But this is where uh, you switch the second disc. Yeah, it's not the halfway point of the game. No, goodbye. It's well by over no half point. Yeah, like maybe it's um, the halfway for the cinematics, but not for the game itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, shortly uh, after this, you know, you, you're just doing there's uh, going through a bunch of just really bland connective tissue up to the next boss fight. Yeah, um, which is really cool. Um, you've got to hear in the notes. You say secret, secret best boss fight in the game. It's Talk my, to us it's, about that. It's my, fa- it's my favorite. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know if everybody will 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 have a you know will have the same opinion, but uh, there you know by this point you have amassed such a large arsenal that you have a lot of ways to take out Vulcan Raven. Uh, he fights you in this large uh, kind of ice house room kind of thing there are lots of uh it's like a grid it's yeah like a yeah, of, yeah, yeah it's laid out it's laid out in a grid there are like uh there are uh crates laid out there's a there's a limited view of vision um he actually is using his his namesake that uh that vulcan cannon thing the uh, the gatling gun as it were mm-hmm. um and he is gigantic and it's like how am i ever going to defeat this giant of a person as he lumbers around with this huge field of vision yeah, yeah huge. it's huge he can see he can see for miles Exactly. So it becomes a matter of like um, managing his movement and his vision in relation to yours. And from that point, it's really just a matter of do I want to use claymores, Nikitas, or stingers? Because only explosives are going to take this fucker down. C4 is really good. C4 and is really good too. What I found, so actually, secret, I'm, I'm going to maybe call it a secret best way to take him down, or at least down until that second half where he starts moving faster, is grenades. Oh, really? which is the only like good use for grenades I found. But he, if he's heading towards a corner, you throw a grenade at it, he'll get blasted by it. And then you can just run around to the other side. And I kind of circled one pillar for the first half of his life, just throwing grenades behind me hmm. about, you know, uh, I don't know, three tumble widths away right. and uh, blew him up, blew him up each time. And then when he starts moving faster, it doesn't quite work as well. Mm-hmm. But initially I did that. And then I did C4. Yeah. M- my, my tack for this was to um, was to set up a corner of claymore mines. So like mm-hmm. I knew like okay, I'm going to find every route that he could take because it's not a straight up grid. There are obstructions. Yeah, and you... there are more obstructions as the battle goes on. Yes, and so like if you can manage his paths, and you're like okay, if I place these three claymore mines, I can hit him, and so long as I keep the mine detector up, I can know where I've put them. So either mm-hmm. I can recover them if I need to, or I can just avoid them outright if possible, or try and lure him into them. And so it right. became a matter of just you know setting up this path of traps for him to fall into. He's he's kind of a maniac during this fight too. I love how he's just running around, just shooting randomly in the air. Yep. And this is also where he talks about the muktuk eating and uh, ear pulling competition, some kind of weird <laughs> Eskimo Olympics that he does, which is, which is ridiculous. Like it's, I don't care very much for this guy as a character. Like super fun boss fight. Yeah. Like that, but there's you know it's pretty. He's pretty silly, he, ex- exceptionally silly. Like yeah. you know, Psycho Manus was disgusted that everybody just wanted to fuck and pass their jeans on, but this yeah. guy, like, he's motivated by Eskimo Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's just yeah, he's like ear pulling. You know, that's the, that's the thing because like the Psycho Mantis thing, like that whole thing that plays into him. You know, him mind controlling Meryl and putting her into the boner trance like makes sense because that's just what he thinks everyone is like all the time right he's got this you know very narrow uh worldview and that makes a lot of sense whereas like there's just not that much to raven no like he's just you know i i like the way native american uh philosophies are portrayed in video games <sighs> or in media in general is kind of like ridiculous yeah and it, it's, it's not like I, you know i don't i don't know 
know, many Native Americans. So it's not like I can be like, it's a, you know, they are a proud people. Well, yeah, of yeah. course they are. Like, <laughs> no, I just I, I you to, can't be like play. that. That's just what I was. Right, right, right. I mean, I just I don't know what the the alternative is. <laughs> but the way that they're just kind of like, whenever Native American wisdom shows up in a game, I roll my eyes. Like, yeah. I'm just I I don't know. I just don't. It's, it just feels very cliche and very divorced from anything. Yeah. Real and probably offensive in some way. Like it's probably inaccurate. I used to a tabletop game with this guy named Joshua, and he used to always say, like, whenever a Native American shows up on, on screen, he's going to say one or two things. And I was like, what? And he goes, you've angered the spirits. And I was like, what's the other one? And he goes, the spirits are angry. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but it, it, it is like, it, like that whole thing is kind of reduced to this, you know, mystical, you know, kind of uh, touchy feely mumbo jumbo. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And and then his 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 raven tattoo flies off of him and becomes yeah. personified in physical and, space. Yeah, and and paralyzes you, yep. or the raven comes up and paralyzes you. Yep, yep. So it becomes like Superman's decal from Superman Two. For <laughs> <laughs> fucking real. Mm-hmm. I love this boss fight. fight. You're right. The the mythos behind it is 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 bug nuts. Um. So here's the second, or probably the worst part of the game. I don't know if I actually like this less than the Calm Tower or not. I really hate that fucking Calm Tower. Yeah. I think the Calm Tower was 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 more um, concentrated awfulness in a short amount of time, whereas this one pays dividends of shit throughout the <laughs> throughout the entire third act. Yeah, this is obnoxious. Like it's kind of a neat twist. Like so, you learn that the key that you have that is the activation slash deactivation key that only works once and it just switches the, 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 the switch flips the bit. Uh, yeah. So it's, that's important. Um, it's actually the same. It's three keys in one. So if it's, if it's exposed to heat, it changes into a way. If it's exposed to cold, it changes in a way. If it's room temperature, it changes into another way. And you have to kind of backtrack to these areas that, you know, are hot or cold yeah. in order to get all three key states. And you have and, to do it in order. Too. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not fun by any means. No, it's no. really annoying. And it's one of the things that the Twin Snakes got right because mm-hmm. in the Metal Gear hangar in Twin Snakes, um, if you drop down, which is something you can only do in the Metal Gear Two engine, um, if you drop down on this ledge and catch yourself, there are two pipes, one of which is blue and the other one's red, that you can shoot, you know, take some damage and turn the card and then go up. So you're yep. still climbing all around Metal Gear. But you are not going like back through all these like elevators and shit. Yeah, yeah, unskippable elevator yeah. scenes and stuff. Yeah, I, I just like God, I hate this part. I hate doing this. I hate it when I was young too. Like, and I was up for anything when I was young. I was Simon Quest when I was young, <laughs> and then you know this, this just this pisses me off. And yeah. then it kills the pacing, and then like the pacing at this point is already in the toilet because like really shortly after this is when. Everything is exposition for the entire rest of the game. Yeah. Almost. So it's like, it's cool. I like it. Like, I like the story. I'm fine with the things that are said in the exposition, but like, God, is it endless? Yeah. And like, and my, my, my biggest beef, so we haven't really described what we're doing. You get to this, you know, hangar, and it's cool to be like climbing, you know, climbing up and down metal gear itself because when you, you know, first see him there's a nice moment of like shock and awe yeah because he's gigantic like you know yeah. he's like he's like seven stories tall yeah <laughs> you know um and, like so so that's neat and it would be awesome if there was more challenge to climbing up and down him 
Yeah, even though the fact that you have to backtrack over that so many times. That that's that's that, that's a challenge in and of itself. And maybe I should be, you know, feel, feel mercy that there's no cameras or something that locks doors down or whatever. But it's like if all you're doing, like like that initial shock of seeing Metal Gear wears off after like the second time. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's kind of like holy shit, that's Metal Gear. And then holy shit, that's Metal Gear again. And it's oh, that's Metal Gear again. Okay. Um, but there's only one guard in this entire thing, which, you know, maybe defies belief just a little bit. Maybe they should guard him a little bit better. You think so? It being the title of the game and the <laughs> entire purpose of the the entire terrorist enterprise. Yes. Um. So, so yeah, that, that that whole thing. So if there was more to do, it'd be it would be better. Um, and if there was nothing to do, which it's barely nearly nothing to do, just let us skip it or give us an elevator after you climb up it. Make us climb up him once. I don't care about that. Make us yeah. climb down him once, but don't make yeah. us do it seven times. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree completely. Um, story-wise, I kind of like that now we're kind of understanding what the big deal is, though. Because mm-hmm. up until this point, like everyone's talking about Metal Gear and these hushed tones, it's a nuclear-equipped walking battle tank. Mm-hmm. Which it's like, okay, well, we've already got tanks and nuclear weapons. Like, what about this is special? And uh, they kind of connect the dots better than I remember them doing. Yeah. But this whole idea of it having this rail cannon, but it actually fires the nukes from it. Yeah. So the big deal is that they're going to be untraceable and they don't have a fuel fuel source right. to, to be relied on. So, so they can't be shot down by most conventional by currently existing technology. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and there's also, like, the notion of, like, oh, the START Treaty is being signed, and, like, and that, that actually alludes to um, to um, one of the bigger plots at the end, which is the President of the United States wants the test data for Metal Gear. Yeah. 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 So, so you know, it's kind of like, oh, there are these... Because he's treaties. also your brother. Yeah. <laughs> he's also solid. Like, so. He's also solidus, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, of, oh, you're too... Yeah. Um, so so he wants that, but just kind of like saying like, oh, they're signing a treaty. You know, everybody's thinking, hey, you know, we're getting rid of this, you know, whole nuclear threat. No, we're just getting rid of conventional nuclear weapons. Here's this whole new shit that will escalate the reign of terror that right. most of these, new, right. you know, But it's not are. like it's the, it's the United Nations. It's not like the semantic nations, <laughs> you know, like the idea, like when, like that was the weakest argument they had. That's like, you know, we only agree to get rid of some uh, conventional nuclear weapons. Like this, it, it reminded me of. Actually, I wanted to make this joke earlier, and I, I, I thought you really like. It. I can't believe I forgot to do it. Is when you first fight Vulcan uh, in the tank, and he says Alaska isn't a place for snakes. <laughs> and then you can be like, "Well, you guys already have liquid snake." And you'd be like, "I said snakes it implies we can have one." <laughs> it's the No Homers Club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No Homers Club. But the, the fact that, like, you know, it's not, they're not, it's not, they're not going to get that bogged down in semantics. Like, oh, okay, well, I guess we have to let you have Metal, let you have Metal Gear Rex because it's not conventional. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know, that seemed really yeah. kind of silly to me. But, like, all the stuff about it not being, you know, detectable and stuff, I was, I was good with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, all the bullshit with the, uh, and, and, and I liked that twist, and I liked the whole, because, because you, you eavesdrop on, on Liquid and Ocelot, talking yeah. about like oh boy i hope he doesn't figure out that you can use these different areas in this base that are conveniently well inconveniently provided um <laughs> to, to to turn it boy that would really piss in our cheerios if he deactivated yeah. wink wink this nuclear weapon well they're they're <laughs> watching you on a monitor yep and you don't know that they're watching you on a monitor well snake doesn't know you know because yeah, you they, know. yeah. It was a video game, so would you kindly just move forward? You know, because <laughs> um, that's what you do. Um, so it was a pretty, pretty cool though. Like I like that as a twist too. Yeah. Um, 
you know, as far as twists in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming up on, you know, the last two boss fights, and it's hard to remember the exact chronology of which, in which twists get revealed. Yeah, because it's, um, again, the, uh, the the car carrier full of plots that run into the fourth wall. Um, yeah. But I, I will say my favorite twist in the game is I like that idea of Fox die a whole lot. Me too. Like the idea that he was sent in actually just to kill everyone and given this false memory or false mission. Yeah. And he was just designed to kill everyone he was in contact with. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool, uh, like spy science fictiony kind of plot thing. Yeah, and, and 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 I like like the rationale for why certain people were hit first and not, you know, and not others. So like Sniper Wolf doesn't die immediately upon contact with you because of uh, because of the uh, the the Valium that she takes. Yeah, because she uh, she pops diazepam. Yeah. Um, you know, all, 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 all of those particular things. So, yeah. um, yeah, that, like that, that's a nice, like, you know, in, in the, uh, uh, what is it like hands up or thumbs up, you know, kind of, kind of way where you just kind yeah. of, yeah, just stacking things on top of each other with the, you know, different Trump cards that overlap each other. That's one of the bigger ones. You know, we, we, we never mentioned, and, and, and this comes up at around this point, like Naomi is actively trying to sabotage you. Yes. Naomi take... is, is, is. Yeah. Yeah, she's taking revenge on you for killing Gray Fox, who happens to be the cyborg ninja. Yes. <laughs> so, who also who raised her like a brother. Yeah. Who also <laughs> killed her parents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh and you also around this time learn that Liquid Snake is your brother more or less and you're both uh clone attempts at Big Boss. Leia Fonterib. Yes, and Snake re- reacts really calmly to learning out learning that he's a clone. <laughs> he's you know he's a, he's an attempt at a clone like that has no does not face him one bit. No, <laughs> well he, he yeah well he he knows that Big Boss is his father, but Big Boss isn't his father. Like he's a clone of Big yeah, Boss. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's, he's one of like three clones of Big Boss. That's like totally different. Well, he's one of like several hundred. Oh, right, right, right. Clones of Big Boss. Right. Just one of the three viable ones. Right. Well, yeah. And because so the genome soldiers are as well. Yeah. Right. Our attempts. And that's why they're such bumbling idiots is because yeah. they are, you know, they have all the uh, like it's, it's like that, that the, Simpsons where the, he gets the cloning hammock. Mm-hmm. There's that field of defective homers. Yeah. I mean, they're including they're, uh, Peter Griffin. They're the uh, <laughs> they're the Hanks and Deans of the. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got a basement full of Hanks and Deans and just slap them in a uniform. <laughs> exactly yeah so so i yeah he he is unfazed by it and it's kind of i just i just figure he's kind of like us at this point like there's so much being laid on him that just kind of like okay yeah let's let's table that for now yeah and focus on the killer virus that's been injected in me yes (laughs) and also uh is there another area plot twist that we're missing i feel like we need to just get rid of that stuff get it out of there talk about the boss fights because i was i was so exhausted by the end of this yeah this, no like, I, series of I think crosses that's and the, double crosses and those are the, the, the like those are the big two for right now the uh the, the fox die and the uh and the cloning there's the there's the ocelot thing later on where you learn that he is a bad guy but not the bad guy that you thought he was yeah he's working um, for the president who's your brother yeah yeah um so so i mean the, the, those those are the big operating things that are in play Right, right. Yeah, but um, uh, uh, I mean, aside from the biggest one, which is you know, you think you deactivate Rex, but actually you activate him, 
And now you have to single-handedly... Oh, that's when uh, Master Miller reveals himself. Oh, yeah, that's another twist. twist. Oh, shit! Yeah. Yeah. Which, there's very little animation in general um, during the codex sequences. I need Mm -hmm. to... I have a DVD. I did a senior project where we did... uh, where I did animation, um, like a like, almost like a machinima thing, of the Watergate um, um, break in as done through Metal Gear. That's it, awesome. It, yeah, it, it was it was for senior government class. It was for a video, and uh, Snake was one of the one of one of the operatives, and it was Nixon giving him orders instead of Colonel. Um, I need that, to that's rad. I need to rip that and upload that shit like right now. <laughs> but, that's pretty great. Yeah, but there, there, there's very limited an- animation in that. But uh, but it's uh, but you know when when Miller takes off his glasses and lets down his hair, it's kind of like mm-hmm. oh everything I knew. Yes, it was true. <laughs> so you're fighting you're fighting uh, him driving Metal Gear and yeah. then him by himself as kind of these end fights. Yeah. Um, I didn't have too much of a problem with the the, the Metal Gear fight. Um, it's it is, it is really tough. Um, because it's hard to find safe, you know, good places to be. Yeah, that was my biggest problem. That and, and the length of the fight. Like I eventually, yeah, does, I've, I got know. the first portion down to a science where, as long as you keep chaff up, you're you're fine because the missiles can't hit you. And if you don't get like right under Rex, he doesn't laser you or machine gun you, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, but but when you Okay, so 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 you shoot the ray dome, and then the cyborg comes in and chops it off. And he dies because, you know, liquid stomps on him, you know. Right. Uh, nice little bit there where, like, you have the uh, mechanics where he wants you to shoot him while he's being uh, pinned against the wall. Yeah. But when you try to, when you, the player, tries to shoot, Snake refuses. Right. So, again, that's just kind of like a neat little touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's neat. Um, but then the second half of the fight is, you know, liquid piloting the machine you know with his own naked eyes and not in the uh the zone of the enders um vr mm-hmm. kind of ki- kind of uh cockpit cockpit quite literally because it is located at its crotch yes um, <laughs> dick pit. yep dick pit um and so you know there the, the the safe area becomes even less so you have to you know play toro with it again to use your term give me toro give me some more mm. um and run underneath it and then get him to turn around and then while it's getting reoriented fire another another shot which is fine except if you're not in the right spot he will laser you which does the uh you know snake knocking down with the lightest breeze um or he'll just straight up stomp on you and kill you and the checkpoint isn't at the second part of the fight it's at the beginning no, which is terrible. Yeah, that's that's a bad decision, and that's what ultimately that's I've, I've beaten it several times before. But this time around, it was just kind of like, okay, fuck this shit. I know enough, so I'm not going to finish. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yep, but uh, you eventually take down Metal Gear, and you know there have been many preposterous situations that Sna- that Liquid has survived through up to this point. <laughs> chief among them being shot down in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, this you know, ultimately leads to the, why won't you die Austin powers type situation? Yeah. Yeah. He continuously comes back. You do this like hand to hand combat on top of metal gear with him, where this is where he reveals all the, I'm your brother stuff. And, uh, this is fine. You can't get too close to the edge because if you get knocked down one, when you're by the edge, um, you fall off. So you just like punch, punch kick until you, until he falls off and just try to manage your health. You, you don't have very, um, at this point, I don't think you have your items. Like you guys are both shirtless and, 
<laughs> and everything. So the uh, you can't you know use your uh, rations or anything like that. So you had to be pretty good at yeah. this part. I didn't die during this. If you die here and the the checkpoint is back at the beginning, like that should be like a, a no. It's horrible. If, it's, okay. if, if you if you die here, I uh, I didn't do it this time. Um, and it's a it's a relatively easy fight so long as you know that your goal is to knock him off of Metal Gear. Um, mm. You know it's it's fine. Um, but uh, no, the checkpoint is right at the beginning of this particular version of the Good. fight. Um, after after you knock him off the pit, uh, you discover that Meryl is still alive. Um, the, the time limit for the fight is a uh, nuclear bomb attached to Meryl. <laughs> so when Meryl dies, it blows up. And at this point, you don't even blink at shit like that. No. <laughs> <It's> like, okay. <laughs> um, but she, she, she's very happy to see you. Uh, she backflips into your arms despite being tortured for the last couple hours. Um, and the two of you guys make your escape in like a pretty, like, like not only that, I mean, this game game just has like a thousand Deidumas, like Deidumas, like piled on top of each other anyway. But this does not need to be this escape sequence, I feel like. No, no. And it's, and it's really bad. Like, you know, even games that are designed to be the, uh, the first person vehicle kind of combat or designed with those particular, particular things in mind, those aren't very fun. Yeah. Um, and, and this game doesn't do it better than those. No, you have a limited amount of rations, a limited amount of health. You can't avoid bullets. So all you can do is like maybe shoot enemies before they shoot you. That's the idea, but they're all like, they take tons of bullets each one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, this, this part sucks. Yeah. The escape, you're escaping on a Jeep and you're on a turret on the back. And, uh, and then, and then liquid comes out and just takes a thousand hits. Like he can't really hurt you very much, but you just kind of shoot him a billion times until you escape out onto the side yeah. of the mountain. And I, and I like I, I, a I like how the length of the tunnel is determined by how long it takes you to shoot you know, to kill Liquid. Yeah, um, yep. and that shows up again later in the series too. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I don't want to spoil anything, but <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, um, but yeah, this is the this is the home stretch. I mean, this is the last bit of gameplay, um, as it were. Um, before yep. the both jeeps flip and it's both of you shirtless in the Alaskan tundra um, and you know liquid is ready to you know just do what he should have done at the beginning and put a bullet in your head um, mm-hmm. and then he dies of what appears to be a heart attack yep he has yeah the fox die hits him yep and earlier he had said that he was immune to fox die because you guys have the same genes so therefore uh, you must be you know you assume that you are immune to, to fox die. And this brings that into question. So if he died from it, can I die from it? Right. And uh, you chat with Naomi and everything like that. And she, you know, it's nonsense. Like, she won't tell you. She's just like, just live. And you just accept that. Yeah. It's like, no, no, I, I will live. <laughs> Trust me. Like, I'll live. Just let the me know whether I need to. Like, for how long? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's still relevant. Just because you need to just live. You know, <laughs> like, it's still, it's, it's still relevant, Naomi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, characters just talk a lot about uh, genes determining your future, um, nuclear waste, and caribou. <laughs> and as it goes on for a long time, there's a part where it fades out. Like, she, he's, she's like, I'll choose to live. And it fades out. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then it fades back in, and they're getting on a snowmobile. <laughs> like, that's when he sees the caribou. I'm like, you just faded out. Like, you just fucking ended. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, and they just kind of reiterate some points. <laughs> well and and this gets into like themes of the series so mm-hmm. like each each of the entries in the series has its own like one word descriptor mm-hmm. um 
Yeah. So, so, so Metal Gear Solid one is gene. Okay. So it's, it's all about genetics and things like that. Metal Gear Solid two is meme because it's about the, you know, the idea of ideas passing through from person to person and, you know, how that is going into, you know, you know, uh, the computer age and how mm. the Patriots are taking overall consciousness with, uh, with computer AI and things like that. Uh, mm. Metal Gear Solid three is seen, um, because of, uh, you know, the fact that it's taking place in the past. And I think that, uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid four is scheme or something like that. Mm. So like, the, like these are very intentional. Like this game's focus on genetics is at least retroactively justified by those, them- you know, by those thematic choices. Then focus a little bit less on some other things. Yeah. And don't focus on it like a like just over and over and over again. Like characters are literally saying the same thing at the sudden point. Yep. Over and over. <laughs> like we know. We know. Like stop just repeating yourself. And like part of that is Snake just constantly every time someone says something, Snake prompts them to repeat themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like just like there's so much repetition of like they hammer that home. It's not like the least subtle like mechanically, like there's a lot of like interesting subtleties to it. Mm-hmm. But narratively, and there's even like plot summaries, but thematically, it is a fucking hammer. It is it is a hammer, hammer made of, of nuclear bombs. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Like they hammer you over the head with the theme in this. Yeah. Like good night. Yeah. I know, Ujima. No, no, nobody accused this game of having subtlety. <laughs> well, I mean, when we're talking about though, like I, I almost said that the game wasn't subtle at all, but like the plot is super subtle. Like we were talking about the hints about decoy octopus mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. That stuff is great. Mm-hmm. You know, the real light hand there, but just such a heavy touch with characters just uh, stating the theme to one another for the last like twenty minutes. Yeah, like that would never work in any other work of fiction. Like only because of games is it that allowed to get you know? Are we allowed to get away with that kind of thing? Well, uh, even more than that, only because this experience is you know twelve hours long. Right. You know, you know, it's, and even though it is, you know, relatively weighted towards the end, you know, you're, you're introduced to the genetic bullshit, you know, about, at about six hours through. So that's six movies worth of stuff. (laughs) Where the, I'm not particularly like the genetic stuff is not insightful though. Like it's not, no, no, it's not a good point or anything. It's not revealing anything that anyone would not think like, you know, technology can be bad. Yes. Um, you know, we are not ruled by our genes. Okay. Except to the extent that we are. <laughs> Got it. You know, like, that, like it's not a profound point. No. And they treat, no. they treat it as if by repeating the point enough times, it will gain texture mm-hmm. and it will get, it'll become worth examining, but it's not a discussion. It's just a statement. Right. On these things. Like there are no counterpoints. points. There are no, uh, you know, opposing viewpoints like you learn nothing about these themes there's no insight into it yeah you just learn that they are themes <laughs> you know yeah and then that's really and, annoying <laughs> like, yeah and 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 it's and it's factually incorrect <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I hate to be van hoot about this but mm-hmm. but like just kind of like anybody who knows anybody who's gone through middle school genetics and it's it's gotten to the point where like Kojima has come out and addressed that concern by saying one of Liquid's you know weaknesses is that he doesn't really understand genetics that well. <laughs> yeah, no shit, <laughs> you know. So it's just kind of like they're trying to make this broad thematic theatrical point about the nature of man, and it's based on a flawed premise that if you if you have any insight into it all, it's kind of like okay, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I just, you know, and that's, and that's pretty much Metal Gear. 
Like, <laughs> I, this game puts its its best foot in the first half, I think, by far. Yeah. The end, is, like, to- 100% worth playing. Like, if you've never played Metal Gear Solid, Oh, for play fucking it. real. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's innovative and everything like that. But it is, like, it, there's a little eye-rolly, like, okay. Yeah. Going on. Or a lot of that, actually. Yeah. I mean, of the games that we've done, I would say that it's, it's maybe like one of the five that I would consider essential, at least to understand like modern games and the direction that they have taken towards the cinematic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would agree with that. One of the most important games we've done. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would, I would agree with that 100%. No, it's, it's probably somewhere in the middle as far as being one of my favorites mm-hmm. or not. Like, I like it a lot. Yeah. You know, but I... uh you know, I don't like it as much as like DuckTales. So. And, you know, my, my affinity for the series kind of overrides that. And that's why I don't want to make like a like a more general state, more general or conclusive statement than that. Like importance, right. importance is different than like a qualitative statement. Right. And if you're looking you at know. it as the series, like it, it even affects my view because I like Metal Gear Solid 2 quite a bit. And I, I love Metal Gear Solid 3. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, that was amazing to play. Yeah, um, I still haven't played the fourth one, and you know, like things scare me <sighs> off of it. Yeah, you're you're right to be scared off. Yeah, I mean, I will if I ever get a PS3. I'm sure I'll play it at some point. Yeah. But it's like it's the, like twelve uh, bucks. I mean, ex- yeah. ex- accepting the cost of getting a PS3. Um, right. But you you know, I, it's it's worth it. Like when when MGS4 came out. I rented a PlayStation 3 in order to play it, and I beat it over the course of two days, and I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could definitely understand if somebody wasn't immersed in it, like, y- like your, your, your barometer for that is, did I like the last half of Metal Gear Solid two? If yes, you will love this. If no, then look elsewhere and enjoy what you liked. When Metal you're talking, Gear Solid you're talking the last half of Metal Gear Solid two, I'm maybe not bisecting that the same way you are. Like when you, what are you referring to? Like when you say the last I'm half? talking about like anything after you fight vamp. Okay. Like, give me like, better, like, give me where, like less of a plot signifier and more of a thematic signifier. More of a thematic signifier, like like where the fiction starts breaking down. So that's my favorite part about Metal Gear Solid. Okay, then you will love Metal Gear Solid Four. Okay, because like, <laughs> like, I think that I love that stuff in Metal Gear Solid Two. My least favorite part is like the weird gooey middle section where I felt like I was just walking from strut to strut forever, yeah. mm-hmm. and every environment looked the same. Yeah, that's where Metal Gear Solid Two is garbage. Mm-hmm. But the beginning and ending, I think, are. are tight as shit yep um one and for very different reasons like one because of play and one because of but i like that meta contextual stuff quite a bit yeah so so you you might actually like it because metal gear solid 4 is a direct sequel to metal gear solid 2 that's interesting yeah so anyway that's metal gear solid yeah metal gear is solid <laughs> um so we, we we already hit all the general stuff uh do you do we want to hit the uh the, the the audible before we go to uh before we go to responses yeah. Um, so one of the things that, so we've got this Audible sponsorship and for people who listen to the show, part and parcel of that is that they're offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial. So you can check out that service, um, which I would recommend you guys. Not only does it help support the show a lot, but it's also very neat. Like if you like podcasts, you will enjoy audiobooks. And, uh, one of the things I was looking at checking them out earlier today, and they do not just have, uh, audiobooks strictly. So um, for listeners of the show, I'd like to recommend um, the – if you were, listen back to any of the archives, you go back to um, episode uh, three of the show, which is the Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth. There is a version of the Shadow over Innsmouth that is dramatized by the Atlantic Theater Company. 
Wow. Um, available on audio on Audible, and uh, I'm I think it sounds awesome. Like do, doing a dramatized work of H.P. Lovecraft kind of uh, smooths over some of the rough edges in the language. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like um, the the difference between reading a play and watching it. Yeah. You know, like you can kind of watch Shakespeare, and even if you don't understand every reference, like you still get it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing kind of happens here, and it seems like they've done a, a total bang up job. Um, they've got a bunch of different adaptations on here. And, uh, yeah, so if you're interested in that, it is my favorite story by H.P. Lovecraft, and it's a really digestible way to get a hold of it because the, the fiction can sometimes be a slog to read, but it is a joy to listen to. Nice. So yeah. if somebody wanted to do that, how would they get a, go about getting it? Um, so if they wanted to go ahead and do that and download their free audiobook, um, they would go to audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. And just one more time, that's audibletrial.com watch out for fireballs. And they can get that totally for free totally on audible for helping us out and helping them out and helping yourself out because who doesn't want a dramatic interpretation interpretation of Lovecraft. If you're listening, I know the stats you probably do. (laughs) We probably do. (laughs) Um, yeah. So it's super, super good service is a huge way to help us out. So, yeah. So, um, you've heard at length what we think about this game, this monumental, huge game, but we wanted to find out what you thought. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to share thoughts about this game, doesn't matter that the episode's already aired. We want to hear about it and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the ways that you do that, uh, facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs, also duckfeed.tv slash contact. Uh, those are the mm-hmm. most, uh, those are the best ways to get directly to us. But, uh, we have three people who responded in a very thoughtful way. And, uh, Gary, do you want to take over on, yep, uh, I'll, I'll do the kind of end caps and you can do the, the juicy middle one. Okay. Um, so Andrew Klinger on our, our Facebook group, he says, <clears throat> I'll never forget seeing the TV ad with the guy swimming in the kiddie pool and jumping over the little orange cone, etc. Um, we'll put a link to that if I can find it. Um, my brother and I got the Pizza Hut demo and couldn't figure out how to crouch because we didn't have a dual shock. After what seemed like months of talking about the game at the lunchroom in middle school, I convinced my brother to buy it since he was older. He never played it, but I absolutely dove into it, and thus my obsession began. I played through it dozens and dozens of times and find myself quoting and doing impersonations all the time with my friends. Impersonations. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, that, that is, that is great. Like we're talking, I love those demo discs, man. Yeah. God, we talked about that before and I love it when they do their job. Like you kind of obsess over like a little bit of a game like that. Whereas like now I feel like I just have this universe of games available to me. Yeah. So it's rare that, you know, like a a 10 minute demo of a game is going to like freak me out. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get really obsessed, but or that, that was the way of it. Or it's rare that a, a 10 minute demo is worth the two gigabytes that it takes to download it or totally. the 15 minutes that it takes to download it. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, man. Yeah. So Andrew, Andrew, uh, apparently a huge fan of the series, which is awesome because yep. we are, uh, to varying degrees, also big fans of the series. Mm-hmm. And I also like the idea of coercing a sibling into buying a game so you can play it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that works the other way around. When I was, when I was young, we would, uh, go to rent games and my brother, Chris from those damn Ross kids, he would, uh, try and convince me to like rent a, uh, a football game so he could play it. It's like, no, mm. no, buddy. We're going to be renting <laughs> Mega Man 2. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Explain so much of you guys' relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, like, if you have all the recessive genes, does that mean that he has all the dominant ones? Like, he's the liquid snake? Like, it would make Rossians? sense. Like, he's the one who's procreated and everything. Liquid Ross and Solid Ross? <laughs> liquid uh. Ross. That sounds like the wor- like the world's worst biological weapon. <laughs> it's like Captain Trips, but worse. <laughs> so, anyway, continuing. Josiah, by email, continuing our tradition of awesome fan names. 
Josiah. Yeah. I finished Metal Gear Solid for the first time just a few weeks ago. I played it on PSP, which worked nicely, as Gary has a test. Uh, the game really impressed me with how well it oh, stands. Cool. I'm sorry, can I interrupt that real quick? Go ahead. I just wanted to bring this up. So on the PSP, I don't have those L and R2 buttons. Mm-hmm. You map it to the analog nub. Oh, so, fuck. Yeah, so it was really interesting. So I ended up actually, because the PSP Go is so small, mm-hmm. I would use my right thumb to the left analog nub yeah. and then scroll through. And just because it's this tiny little piece of hardware that it worked, mm-hmm. if I had an actual PSP, that would annoy the piss out of me. Holy shit, yeah. yeah just as a mechanical thing that I, I forgot to mention during that ridiculous novel of a podcast we just <laughs> that we just, just committed, committed the tape. tape. Yeah. <laughs> so Josiah continues. I mean, I, sorry, Josiah. No, no, that's perfectly fine. Um, I'm sure he forgives you. Uh, the game really impressed me with how well it stands as a memorable experience. The parts that stood out for me in particular are the characters. All of them are wonderfully ridiculous in their own way. Once Otacon was introduced, I was hooked. You and me both, brother. Um, uh, on to something about the game which was less impressive. It is a problem which plagues many stealth-oriented games, uh, and this is no exception. The boss fights. Conceptually, they're all very clever. They all play differently, they involve memorable characters, and they all take place in a unique environment at key plot sections. However, as a newcomer to the series, they can be unrelentingly difficult and unfair. Each fight usually involved me falling, me failing again and again, trying to work out uh, how to do just enough damage so that I could win the fight without running out of rations. I typically spent um, an hour or so on each fight, almost two hours uh, a fight with the mech at the end. Um, the problem with these fights is that it uh, is completely different uh, to how you play the rest of the game. Most of the game involves working out a way to explore each room without getting caught. It is rewarding, even if getting caught usually means a death and a retry. The boss fights are almost completely different. None of the strategy learned while playing the stealth parts are relevant. They usually involve dodging gunfire and trying to get a random hit in. I feel like I was learning an entirely different new game on each fight it was tedious and slowed down the progression of the game it was a trial and error every time to the game's credit i still enjoyed most of the time i spent with it i just wish they integrated the boss fights in a way that was closer to how the rest of the game played so that's a really interesting observation like i i like the boss fights in this game a lot but i didn't really think of them in the context of contrasting them with the rest of the game. Right. And that's something other stealth games do a lot better. Right. You know, so like there are games, you know, where you literally, uh, you know, there'll be a boss fight and you can sneak around their room and slit them, you know, slit their throat or what have you. And this, you know, a lot of your toys are taken away for each boss fight. A lot Mm. of your kind of methods. I still, I think the fact that they were all so, so different and I didn't, I didn't feel that much of a learning curve. Um, actually made me appreciate them more, but the incongruity, I think you're correct in. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely this divide in the game. It's trisected almost between time you spend watching cutscenes and codec, which is arguably the majority of the time, um, time you spend fighting bosses and the time you spend navigating the world and, you know, fighting guards, or mm-hmm. avoiding guards, as it were. And anything that's not cutscenes or bosses feels ancillary to the experience. And if you go in with the expectation that the boss fights and the cutscenes are going to be frosting, um, you'll be disappointed in this game, I think. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that you can have a different take on it because the stealth stuff, as much as... I, so, obviously, Josiah really liked it a lot. Like, yeah. I thought it was it was fine. 
but it's not as far as stealth games go like even you know just to bring it back like Tenchu I like the, the stealth in Tenchu more so you know it's interesting I'm glad that that just appealed to him like he really enjoyed that and got that out of him so I would never like take that you know or say invalidate that or anything like that but it's just kind of interesting the way that you can look at you know a, a game like something like his what he's saying that he didn't like out of the game was was my favorite part you know is, is what I think is the greatest strength of it and uh, I think that they were going they wanted that stealth stuff to be to you know to be the way that it was experienced for Josiah I don't think that you know they consider it ancillary and especially that's true in later games where they add a lot of neat little stuff to it like especially in three I'm thinking mm-hmm. where like those sections with the guards are a lot of neat little touches yeah I, I, I agree. I can, I can, I can see both points of view. I, I probably fall more in your camp, Gary, where I appreciate the boss fights, uh, just, uh, just a little bit more. Um, but, uh, but, but Josiah definitely has a point. The boss fights are also conveyances for ideas and stuff. Yep. So like, it's not like when you're, you're sneaking around a room, like you're getting any of the batshit imaginary stuff, <laughs> uh, your imagination stuff. Right. In the game. So that's part of why. So like, when you think about something like the Psycho Mantis boss fight where the fight itself is nothing great, just the, the concept stuff around it is worth the price of admission, you know? Definitely. Um, why don't you read our last, uh, our last thought? Yeah. From again, another great name, uh, Murph Murphy. Um, and Murph Murphy says, uh, Metal Gear Solid was the reason we bought a memory card. We had, for, we had gotten a PlayStation for Christmas, but no memory card. I spent eight hours <sighs> playing it, but I didn't have a memory card to save the game. My parents convinced by my eight hours of effort, or at least I like to think that allowed me to purchase a memory card to save my progress. <laughs> um, man, what a weird concept. The idea that like you used to be able to buy a system and not have the ability to save your game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. <laughs> I remember on my Christmas list where I asked for the where I asked for the memory card, I think that I underlined or asked for the PlayStation rather, I underlined memory card three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like well it's it's hard to explain to somebody who's not, you know, yeah. familiar with it that's necessary. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not an upgrade, it's not a zapper. You know, like you need this to play almost every game. Mm-hmm. On the, on the system they're so expensive too like for what they were like like the amount of storage and all of that stuff like playstation yeah. one memory cards man i still got a big stack of them and i don't think i have well i guess i can put it on my playstation 2 um so i think i've still got all of my like legacy saves like my 100 percented final fantasy 7 with the weapons and all that stuff yeah um on a save but i don't know if i'm ever gonna dig that's ever gonna happen again like anything's ever gonna happen with those things no no yeah closest analog i have is my uh is my is my thumb drives for my xbox but mm. those yeah. are you know four dollars you can get them at and, trade shows for free <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah so um do we want to fight deliberation deliberation manticore <laughs> let's so there's a deliberation manticore well no, no deliberation owl let's go fight deliberation owl just a buck so we've had our eyes scratched out by deliberation owl but we came out the victor Yes. Um, Josiah, uh, we, have, we have chosen you to be the winner of this. So if you would like, um, I would like to gift you a copy of the original Fallout that can be played with currently existing technology. Um, <laughs> and uh, for that is the, you know, the next game we're doing. If you don't have, if you're not a PC gamer at all, if you're not interested in Fallout, if you already have it, just let us know. And uh, my, I have a, a huge satchel full of, of fun steamables. Uh, I guess that's if you run a PC game or you'll be able to do things on Steam. We'll figure something out. We'll make yeah. it right. <laughs> we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna make you right. We're gonna we'll make, make you whole. 
Yep. Damn it. <laughs> I was trying, I was searching for the word. There's a real race against the, the clock to get that reference out because I was trying to think of the exact phrasing. <laughs> uh, I knew you'd do it. If not, if I, I didn't get it, get it in time. And the, and the Metal Gear Solid fail safe on Breaking Bad references. So, <laughs> so, so thank you. Thank you, Dosai. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, as mentioned, uh, the next game we are going to be doing is going to be Fallout. Yes. And that will uh, be a two parter. Yep. Uh, first episode, uh, it comes out in two weeks from when you're hearing this. It's going to take us up to where you meet the water merchants. Second part, uh, through to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, have you started yet, Cole? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Most certainly. I haven't talked you... about it because I want to save my, I want to save my comments. So. Okay. Um, I just, I was going to tell you at some point, like, make sure you check, not check in with me, but check in with like a before I play wiki or something like oh, that. I yes. want to smooth out I, your experience. I did that before you even mentioned okay. it. So. so just, uh, you know, the, the standard, you know, small gun speech and lockpick. Yep. Okay. Good. You can do other ways too. I'm going to try to do a non-lethal run. If something happens, I get too annoyed with that though. Maybe mm. I'll give up. I don't know. Who knows? But the, uh, yeah. That's knows? the way I play games anyway is with speech and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. block picking and stuff like it's that. A, it's not a shame by any means, but I think uh, Fallout 2 gives you a lot more opportunities with that. Fallout 2 is the first time I found a dialogue based what I would consider to be a boss fight. <laughs> um, like there's a, there's a town that's built around an old vault. And the, uh, the president of this town is this huge bitch. And uh, navigating that conversation without pissing her off too much <laughs> and still getting what you want is like nothing less than like a dialogue boss fight. Nice. And it's awesome. Well, I own both of them, and they both run on Mac now. I know I've mentioned this three episodes in a row, but hallelujah. Holy <laughs> shit, where's the Tylenol? Yeah. For real. <laughs> yeah, so if, if, you, if you come out of Fallout 1 enjoying it, I would urge you to play Fallout 2. Because it is... It is Equally delightful. That goes for me and everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love those games. I'm so excited to start playing this. Like I enjoy playing Metal Gear and everything like that, but the, uh, I'm so excited to, to revisit this mm-hmm. classic. What are we doing after that? Cole? After that, uh, we're doing another one of your favorite games. Not that I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so, <laughs> no, I'm not mad. I'm actually very excited is the super Nintendo version of, uh, shadow run which mm-hmm. um, is kind of going to be the companion piece slash sequel to one of our more popular episodes, the uh, Shadowrun Genesis uh, version. We're going to compare and contrast those two. Uh, Super Nintendo version, it's more of a traditional RPG slash point-and-click adventure game, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, which sounds like uh, tits on a ritz, as I like to say. It, it, it is not a traditional RPG by any means. No? Like it is, even the RPG elements are really weird. Sweet. I so like that even is, more. Uh, Yep, it so. is uh, the and there's this whole there's this matrix like the matrix in the sh- the SNES Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. If you can figure it out, like I know how to how to game it, I know how to get through it. I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> when I do it. Like like when you get to that point, let me know and I will tell you the secret to the matrix. Okay. In in that, um, but it does not make sense. Hmm. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it is a, it is a weird game, um, but a good one. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm hoping that it still stands up. It is a, a favorite game from yesteryear, even though it is my turn to suggest a game that I liked as a child that turns out to be ass. So <laughs> I hope that does not turn end up being the case. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to Google that one. It's not readily available on uh, most of our usual channels. Um, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Know. But um, after that, uh, we are going to be playing Parasite Eve. Mm-hmm. No, oh, okay. I thought you were going to correct me because no, I didn't no, I was, I was, okay. I was making mm-hmm noises. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, Parasite Eve. We're doing that right around Christmas. It's kind of a Christmassy game. It takes place in the snow. It has to do with genetics. Uh, <laughs> science is impeccable. Um, it is a, uh, a single single party or single person party role playing system with a, a really intricate upgrade system for your weapons 
and uh, kind of a mix between survival horror and an RPG from, you know, Square's kind of weird experimental phase. Mm, And uh, we both have really fond memories of it. Yes. Um, I've played it more recently than some of the other ones I've had fond memories of. So I am, uh, I am very, okay. I've played it more recently. Uh, I play, I played it when it first came out. Oh boy. I'm, I'm wandering here. Yeah. That's not recently. That's when I played it too. No, no, I played it when it came out, but I've, I've played it more recently. Okay. You know, on a, on a replay. So it's, uh, yeah, it, I think it stands up. Don't hold me to it. <laughs> in either, either case, it's it's a relatively short game. Yep. And uh, yeah, something I've been wanting to revisit since it came out on the PlayStation Network. Yeah. And after that, we are doing, I, I have a guess. I think I know what comes next. Oh, why don't you say it and, and it will be. And you can even correct do. me if not. Is that when we're doing uh, Yoshi's Island? Yes, it is. Yeah, Yoshi's <laughs> Island. I, I've Yay. been wanting to play this for so long. Oh, gosh. Yep. And I'm not playing uh, for the first time. I've been wanting to play it for this show because... Oh boy, is it so good! Yeah, Yoshi's Island is amazing. Like, if you haven't played this game, like it, it is, it is awesome. And uh, it's going to be like we're getting out of science, science fall, um, where it's all about pseudoscience and science fiction, and getting into candy-colored Mario nonsense <laughs> with our kind of tradition. You know, I've said it before. Like, if you want to get all, all analysisy, uh, we're kind of doing things in a yearly rhythm. So around that time last year is when we did uh, uh, Super Mario Land Two. That is when we do Bastard Stepchildren of the Mario series. <laughs> is around is around winter. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, there's not there's nothing. I can't say enough good things about that game. Yeah. So, so that's going to be like a, a ridiculous palate cleanser, just as far as tone. And uh, even if Shadowrun and Parasite Eve don't end up being some of the shine fades from them, um, Yoshi's Island will make it all right. Yes, I'm very excited about that. So all of those are games that are coming up. You can start playing them whenever you want to. If you don't want to play uh, Fallout, you can, you can play Shadowrun. If you don't want to play any mm-hmm. of those, you can play Parasite Eve. You know, we will take thoughts on them up to and including the time we record. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's all good. Uh, Gary, what do you say, since this is a long episode, that we kind of burst through the admin stuff? Yeah, let's do it quick. Okay, cool. Um, I already yeah. mentioned the contact stuff. Uh, please like us on Facebook and review us and rate us on iTunes. Uh, we've been doing pretty well on there, so let's keep the momentum up. Yep. Um, you know, find us on that Facebook. Also, I'd like to just throw in a quick plug for the YouTube channel. Um, check that out. Um, yes. That is lots of fun, and uh, people seem to like it. And I'm going to start a, by the time you hear this, there will be a Steam group for Watch Out for Fireballs. If you'd like to join that and find other fans or possibly find us and play games with us, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not very tech savvy. I don't have tons of time being a student and working full time, but uh, feel you know, jump on there and we, you know, I buy anything on Steam that's like you know, 99 cents more or less. So, <laughs> and we we shower people with gifts. Just mm-hmm. putting those two things together. Hey, you know, it it, it, it can pay off. We'll put that information um, in you know where wherever it needs to live on the Facebook page or on the site. Uh, Mm -hmm. what have you Um, those are things Uh, in terms of like network admin stuff we're adding two new shows that you should know about um, to to tell them about yours Gary yeah so um, probably not by the time you hear this but probably the week after you will hear a new show by me and my friend Braden called The Pitch and uh, The Pitch I don't want to talk about too much about what it is um, ahead of time it's not like a surprise or anything like that but it is more or less it is a, a very short low commitment 12 minute comedy podcast about uh products <laughs> and uh we're we're gonna jam those out so check that out see if, if you end up enjoying that i'm excited and uh cool has a, an evolution in a currently existing yes show. we have stopped stand under the don't tree and riddle me this um that has been retired and we are introducing a brand new 
um, video game podcast about modern games and current game affairs uh, called The Level. Uh, it's mm-hmm. going to involve uh, most of the same people. Uh, going to try and expand upon it and use it as a fresh start to try out some new things. So check that out on iTunes and on the DuckFeed.tv website. Uh, we are super happy to have you over there. We're going to try and involve more listener uh, involvement, as it were. Uh, so yeah, check that out. So lots yeah. of exciting stuff happening with the network. Uh, all, all the other shows are all also worth listening to. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, thank you for supporting us. Um, we, you know, do our but we love you guys and, and do our best. You know, to, I we appreciate it mm-hmm. fully. And uh, until then, um, what other uh, pieces of advice do we have? Do your holiday shopping on our Amazon link. Oh yeah, and download <laughs> a free book from Audible. Yep. Um, all of those things. things. But most in of addition, all, in uh, watch out for uh, uh, flagrant shilling, and also watch out for fireballs. Ask you a question. Huh? Can love bloom even on a battlefield? Apparently so. Okay. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> Can oh, love man. bloom even on a butterfield? I've got the <laughs> <laughs> I've got the bell right here, man. I can I can go anytime. Um but uh, but uh